Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Chair Shop Podcast. I'm Joe Townie Boy Towner, joined by my good friend Paul Griff Boys Griffin. Hello. Hi, Paul. What's yep. your Paul? Mm-hmm. Um, we are not yet joined by uh, Barry Murphy, who is rushing back from Cork, um, going to land in Limerick any minute uh, and log into his computer if he can get it working. Um, but he will hopefully be joining us in five, ten minutes. We're going to vamp for the first five yeah. and give you a little bit of a insight on what we've been up to. And then Barry can join. We'll get into the wrestling news because there's a lot of news to talk about this week. It's been another big week in the week of wrestling. Mm. Um, so, Paul, how you been? How's the week been? All right? It's been good. Um, quiet one. I did score a back heel in my oh. five side, which I was very happy about. Facing the wrong um, way? Just hit you? Or? Yeah, look at the wrong goal. Um, but then also, <laughs> there was a bit where uh, somebody volleyed it way over the goal. And we play in like, it's, it's in a steel cage, 16 foot high steel cage, basically. And the ball rebounded back out to me, bounced to the perfect height for a jumping volley. And I, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, the world went into slow motion. I was mm-hmm. air, airborne, swung a leg at it. <laughs> Missed the ball completely. Oh, uh, well, not not completely. I, I skiffed the top of the ball mm. and it bounced down and off at an angle. Didn't go anywhere near the goal. Um, but I did get my hat trick and I did get my my three assists. So we're getting slowly but surely better, better, better. Um, apart from that, it was just you know a very quick, a very quiet week. I haven't watched a lot of telly. I haven't played any video games. Oof. I watched a few movies. Okay been to the cinema mm-hmm. but it's been you know i think when, when there's midweek football on that eats up some of your time you know man united yeah, were yeah. playing in the week watch that watch then so wednesday was watching that thursday was dynamite mm-hmm. friday was um cooking myself a lovely big fat ribeye steak Ooh, kept that one quiet mm-hmm. oh baby let me tell you it was tremendous. It was absolutely tremendous. Because uh, I, I specifically went down to the butcher. Not to, I didn't go to the local supermarché. Right. I went down to the butcher and I said, "I want a proper steak for today. I want you know, get 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 the big bit of meat out and get your big Listen. sharp knife and go. Is that enough?" And I go, "No, no, no, more a little bit more. Go that, go further down." So I got myself really like a two inch thick bit of ribeye. Oh. We did, we did that in the oven at 100 degrees, so slow cook that for about mm. 20, 25 minutes, bring it up to, to 40, 46 degrees internal temperature. Then you, you get a nice coast-to-coast medium rare, no mm. gray band, and then mm. six, 60 seconds on the pan each side, yeah, get a nice sear. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Absolutely, nice. absolutely tremendous. Um, but that was really... It and then yesterday went to the cinema and then today I was watching again the football mm. and that's what's brought me here. Yeah, a lot of football watching today here. United were playing and yeah. there was a Liverpool Arsenal game, which was quite entertaining. Um, uh, Liverpool did some fuck ups, so that's always very funny. <laughs> so did uh, Arsenal, uh, but that's not so funny. Well, like one of their one of their defenders punched the ball into the goal. Well, look, that that can happen, but what's what the real takeaway is Virgil van Dijk, the fraud, and Allison, the other fraud, uh, looking like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, that's the two, big takeaway. Two, two goals where they kind of wah, made wah, 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 pigs wah. ear of it. 
Yeah, the first one where Allison went to clear and basically Van Dyke blocked his kick almost mm. with his mm. hip, leaving uh, who scored second one? Martinelli. Martinelli, an easy, yeah. an easy tapping, and then and then Van Dyke getting a little toe on the third goal to divert it between the legs. Ah, uh, yes, nice deflection. Also a little bit funny, but um, that was the result I was hoping for. Not only as a Liverpool hating Manchester United fan, but also mm-hmm. from the point of view of uh, a neutral supporting a team who are far off in the distance away from any kind of title fight, to yeah. have City, Liverpool and Arsenal, you know, assuming City are going to win tomorrow, all within three points of each other will make for a more interesting title run in, I would hope. Um, so yeah, so uh, two good games. I think probably the Liverpool Arsenal game was a bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. West Ham, West Ham didn't really show up. The, the, all their chances kept falling to that one guy, Emerson, who I don't think he hit the target with even one of them. We had that chance where he's clean through at one nil, clean through. Oh, Maguire's fallen over. He's giving him the ball. Emerson's got to score, and oh, then. No. Emerson hit a shot like I would hit in in AstroTurf. That was couldn't have been further from the goal. And then we scored immediately after that. So good job, good job for the kids, for the lads. I like that little photo with the. Uh, oh, the that was great, isn't it? Three youngsters sitting on the sideboard, on the advertising board. The, the three, the three amigos. The three amigos. Although that being said, we've obviously got our hopes, uh, you know, raised by potential stars in the past. The the. Uh, Oh, hang on a second. We have a little visitor joining us here. Ooh, little, who, could little, uh, who could this be? Oh, is that a uh, holy fuck? Uh, you know, long time, long time listener, first time caller. Um, I, you, I, you forgot to read out the phone number, Paul, but luckily I remembered it. So I've called in. Let's see. Um, I've, I've, I've got a quiz going and I've also got a question. What's your favorite cheese, each of you? Oh, well, that's a very good question there. So I am partial to a bit of brie. Okay. Paul, you, okay. you prefer the French cheese or a little bit of Irish cheese? I don't, I don't like cheese at all. Paul, Wait, not a what? cheese fan. Wait, yeah. what? Out now. This is news. This is why he doesn't eat the cheese I've, I've, Yeah, I've definitely had this reaction like six different times over the course yeah. of us doing this podcast. You don't but... eat cheese again? Yeah, but no. so... so you so still do you, not eating cheese. Do you, so oh. you ask for no cheese when you go get a Big Mac or whatever? Or a fucking uh, uh, burger. Paul always gets a plain burger. I know that. I you that. guys have literally had burger with me before. I've, I've had to pay the well. man a burger uh, because of my gambling addiction. <laughs> because of that pay-per-view from nine years ago. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's insane. That was nine years ago. <laughs> anyway, sorry, listeners. I was having technical issues, but I'm here now. Sorry about that. I hope I didn't miss the entire show. You're just doing, you're just doing album guff, I assume, isn't it? And then you're wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. We were just in cheese guff, uh, so it was a perfect time. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, sick. Okay, I yeah, enjoyed, I enjoyed you saying that. I had, I had some, you know, I had some really good, and this is a this is a tough thing to do, uh, you know, frozen. I had some really good frozen mozzarella sticks the other mm. the other day, and I wish I could remember from which supermarket establishment I could I could take out them because typically, I mean, they're mozzarella sticks. I think are are I think they're quite overrated, but I think they're they're when they're when they're done well, they are excellent. But it's just the vast majority of places you're biting into it, and it's just this fucking barely edible rubbery nothing on the inside of it it's crap but i did have some, I had some mm. tasty mozzarella things. i love mozzarella um uh, you know i'm i'm a sucker for that that texture that texture um anyway 
I didn't mean to, to cut you off here with my, my last second run in here. How, how have your weeks been, boys? Well, yeah, it's been a great week, Barry. Thanks for asking. Um, Paul had a lovely steak and uh, scored a goal at the football. Oh, um, any, any, uh, any any broken wrist this week or any you know concussions? No, no, I've made it out unscathed. Okay, well done. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, you for me, quiet week, quiet week. Went to the cinema yesterday. Uh, I'll review that later. Um, yeah, that's about it. And then today, literally nothing. Got up at 11, watched football for four hours. That was it. Had a lovely roast. Lovely. And then came, lovely. To, uh, came to talk to you lads. So yeah, good, good week. How was uh, your trip? Yes, I went down to, to Cork, the, the, the real capital, they calls it. I'm staying neutral mm. on that. Not being from Cork or Dublin, I'm staying out of it. But um, uh, yeah, we, we uh, you know, just a, uh, just a, a, an idea Brown had there on kind of short notice, just to take a little break from various, you know, work and life related stresses. So we had a sort of no particular reason. Let's just get a nice hotel and get out of the city for uh, for a, a weekend. And so we went. We also had steak. I had an absolutely outrageously good steak. I oh oh, it was good. I had a um. Uh, 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 Bordelaise sauce for the first time. Um, and what was that? that Bordelaise. What was it? Bordelaise? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. I'm going to Google that. Uh, I may be butchering the pronunciation. Um, it's a, it's basically a, a red wine jeu almost. It's a, oh, you know a, a little. A, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a thick little uh, you know deep dark red. Uh, See, I think sauce. what actually happened is Barry was drinking some wine and spilled it on the steak. All yeah, I was like, no, it's it's a, it's a, it's a jus, it's a it's a delicious delicacy, uh, mad, mademoiselle. I've I'm not a buffoon. Oh no, I no, you, no you, what, what happened there? You seem to have sliced your thumb off with the steak knife. No, no, that's not blood. Uh, oh boy, can I have a tissue, please, for my steak? Some of your jus um, is on your shirt, Monsieur. Yes, that is no, how they no, do no, it oh, in well, Bordeaux. Don't you know uh, this? That did happen. That did happen. The first night, the first night we went to a nice gastro pub, which we we just got like we didn't get the steak there, but I did. Like she got wings, I got um um tostadas, and instantly just I dropped it all over myself. Um, uh, delicious oh. like meatballs and a tortilla. But it was a pub. It was a pub in the steak in the steak place. We um you know there was no mess, but yeah, absolutely delicious. I was thinking to myself, I haven't been out getting a steak in in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was exquisite. It really was. And the weekend overall was lovely. We didn't do much. It was pretty much a you know we you know we had a, there was a spa there, so we had a little spa day. Went to the swimming pool. It was very much one of those. Let's just go to a nice hotel and be in a nice hotel and not at home for a weekend. And it was it was yeah. lovely. And I love Cork. Cork is a great town. Lovely people. Um, uh, uh, lots to see and do. And we went to their uh, marina market this morning before we came home, mm. which is like a massive, massive, massive warehouse on the docks converted into a big food market with um, uh, you know, food trucks as far as the eye can see. I mean, this is one of the best one of these I think I've ever seen. Um, they've got a stew guy. They've got a pizza guy. They've got mul- They've got like multiple. You can get a chicken tender in every sauce known to man. In this wow. establishment, um, dress fries. It was it was lovely. So we 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 ate very well, which was the main thing we did at the weekend, which is eat nice food. Uh, but yeah, it was really good, um, and uh, that was really it for the week for myself. It is of course a bank holiday here in the mm. You doing anything, Paul, or no? I'm working, so as I'll, I be often making, I'll be making my little cross out of reeds. Mm. That's what we do because it's it's uh, just so, so Joe's aware the bank holiday in. In February it's in Ireland, the, uh, yeah, Saint Bridget's Day, Bridget. yes. 
And St. Bridget is also the patron saint of Kildare, where I'm based out of. Oh, really? Okay. So the old St. Bridget's Cross, you do it every year in school from junior infants until you're until you're doing the leaving cert, basically. That's on that's on the course in Kildare. Do your little St. Bridget's Cross. Um so I will not be working. I, I don't work any bank holidays, so I'll, I'll be having a big old sleep. Uh, oh, bit, bit. Let me tell you. I'm just, just I'm picturing Paul getting yelled at because he's like, do you, do you, do you want to do uh, you know uh, cross-weaving at, at, in college? Well, you better up your game, son, because this is shoddy work here. You won't get 600 points on the leaving cert if you don't tighten up those corners. You know. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and then on top of it all, you also go to hell because St. Bridget's <laughs> watching you watching her work. <laughs> Um, I didn't know St. Bridget was the patron saint of Kildare, so I've learned something there. Um, yeah, St. Bridget was like, she cast her dress or something, and it went real big. And that oh, made yeah. the church or something? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'm, 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 not learning learning I'm not learning tons, I'll be honest. Um, uh, I mean, I went to, I went, I used to go to religion school on a Saturday, and I had no idea about any of that. So, you know, okay, hang um, on. That was, that's, that's, was money down the drain, mother, mother. You made me go, and you wasted the money, and I was annoyed because I had to miss the second hour of SmackDown. All right. So, just uh, reading the old Wikipedia. Go on. Uh, she, one of the three national saints, along with mm. Patrick and Columba. I'll be honest, Patrick's getting a lot of the headlines. I, I have not heard of the other two. He, um, it's a bit like, oh, he, it's a bit show off, isn't he? Oh, I got rid of all the snakes. All right, settle down. You're supposed to be doing it for the love of the game, the love of God <laughs> and his, his citizens. And you're also making a big showy. Snakes didn't even do anything. Most of them are like docile and not just chilling out. We don't yeah, and, you're, and Patrick's like throwing them in. <laughs> Getting him in a big burlap sack and throwing him in the river, going, I'm doing great work over here. Bridget's like, I'm just making crosses out of grass. There's a, there's a great bit here, though, right? Bridget is said to have been given the last rites when she was dying by Saint Ninid of the Pure Hand. Afterwards, mm. he reportedly had his right hand encased in metal so it would never be defiled. Is Wait, what, what is this underground Dark Souls boss? inspiration from? What right is case, this you are going to encase your hand in metal and kill people with it. Yeah, this is a fucking bloodborne item description. Anyway, uh, I will be working tomorrow anyway, so 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 um, you'll have to celebrate extra hard for me, Paul. Um, any other life off there before we jump over to the wrestling? Let's, uh, let's talk a bit of wrestling. Talk about Lots the wrestling. We got a, a, bit, a lot, a lot, of, yeah, big, big, big sheet for 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 wrestling and for various other topics that we're going to get to as the show goes on here. Uh, I mean, I suppose the the the. The the follow on from from last week's kind of big Vince stuff, I suppose, was that now he he is also being investigated federally, um, yeah. uh, so basically you know by the U.S. government on you know for to a criminal degree, um, which doesn't, which right now doesn't change the story much, but obviously if you, this goes to like court, there could be discovery and all that, and there could be. Uh, buckets and buckets and boxes and boxes of documents and emails and texts and XYZ uh, uh, brought out and further people implicated. So, so no, uh, no revelations today. But uh, this this was surely going to start some um, uh, some teeth chattering and some some uh, uh, collars being tugged. I would imagine in, in the old uh, the old TKO. Yeah, well, it means they they can't just shut it all down with a settlement. Which in the civil mm. case, of course, they just. Mm. Shut it down as quickly as possible with a big, big old out of court settlement. Obviously, the uh, FBI doesn't accept settlements, so yeah, <laughs> they keep going. But then I'm this- sure they'd try. I'm sure. I'm sure TKO would try if it was possible at all. But then this um, is a case kind of built upon NDAs and payoffs anyway. So yeah, 
So, um, so that will be uh, that will uh, to say that this story is not is far from over would be the understatement of of a lifetime. I mean, I think I think the the question people are kind of wondering now is because I mean, these these things take so much time, is and Vince is so fucking old. That, you know, mm-hmm. people are hopefully there's there's some movement on it on it soon. But uh, yeah, more to, more to come uh, definitely on on the Vince stuff. And as we actually talked about last week as well, I mean. I think it was a little bit of wishful thinking from your Slim Jims and your Netflixes et al. that they could just say, oh, no, Vince is gone. So it's fine. No, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we solved that problem super fast. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think that will be sufficient uh, once once the um, once the feds start digging in. So, yeah, obviously, that's a developing story. We will uh, we will keep updating as it's uh, as it's developing. Um, in the uh, uh, significantly less important but somehow more talked about uh, world of uh, uh, fake wrestling matches that seems to have gotten everyone upset. The WrestleMania card has been basically thrown out and starting starting again um, from scratch. As I feel like this has happened a lot in the last like 15 years. There's been so much shuffling around based on injuries and people leaving and coming back and so on and so forth. So to start in chronological order, this this feels like it happened eight months ago. Uh, well, I guess because it did in a different company. I see a punk is hurt. I <laughs> uh, see a punk is hurt again. Um, so, Joe, uh, how he, happy were you when you heard about this? I would never ever. He would never that upon he, anyone or take pleasure in no, it happening. He was, he was he was he was he was clutching his uh, his Saint Bridget's cross, going not no not this way. <laughs> I was saying I prayed for this not to happen. Not Philly. Yeah. Not Philly. Not, not big P, but um, so Drew uh, McIntyre was was uh, uh, hit him with the was it the DDT people were saying he got hurt on the old double arm. He did grab oh. his arm after that move. It did appear yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's uh, what was the what was the official in what was the muscle? Torn, it was tri- a torn tricep. Tri- torn tricep. right tricep. tricep. So uh, yeah, and even though there's other people on the show who are also hurt, like Seth and Owens. Mm. Whose, whose status seems kind of up in the air, but leaning on they're gonna just gut through it. They didn't even they didn't even tease that or humor that idea. No. It seems like he's he's pretty messed up. Uh, I I I don't know. I it's it kind of seems like uh, you know. I always think wrestling fans overuse the term injury prone, especially about younger people, because I'm just like ah, that's not how bodies actually. But when yeah. it's a guy in his forties, you're kind of like yeah. I I I I think you have to be really honest with yourself about. Uh, uh, how many more matches are left when when this is a, a the you know this was an AEW run that was also fraught with with, with injuries and stuff like that and, yeah. and he's had what two house show matches and he came in at twenty seven in the Rumble so it's not like he was in there doing the Iron Man you know or twenty four or whatever he was yeah uh, no sorry that was our truth how could I forget no that was our truth he was twenty seven I think mm. um so yeah it's it's not like he was in there you know working seven days a week and doing hour long sprints. Um, so the punker is, is down, uh, for now. He's, he's 47 this year. 47. Yeah. And he's, he's not, he's never been a big muscle boy. He's, he's always no. been skin and bone. And the problem, I think when you're, when you're skin and bone is that you land and you can quite mm. easily tear thing. You know, it's just, this is why the, all the, all the other lads are all on, you know, their supplements to get them nice yeah. and big and beefy because that's yeah. what protects you when you, you get thrown around. But uh, there's something to be said as well about, you know, developing that you know, ring callus. The guys who are wrestling yeah. very often and the body yeah. har- hardens itself to it. You've had this punker, you know, sure no fault of his own. He's been, he's not been working the house shows for a good decade now. He's wrestled a handful of matches, 
both in AEW, mm. uh, more in AEW, obviously, but then a handful mm. of matches in AEW, and now two. Did he, he wrestle Dominic Mysterio? Did he wrestle another one? And then the I think he did Dom twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he was he wasn't exactly taking top rope superplexes to the outside in that match, right? Sure. Through flaming tables, you know. Yeah. Um, it just yeah, it just seemed like he's just a little bit, a little bit brittle. Um, I mean, and and because the thing is, physically. I think he'll. I think when he comes back, they'll. I'm sure they'll keep going, and they'll they'll try and get him another mania main event to get some money out of it. But it, I think it's gonna have to be like. I think on some level he doesn't want to be doing the rock thing where he just shows up. I think he wants to be in the rumble, doing the house shows, wrestling the doms <laughs> of the world. I think he needs to be honest, you know, with himself. And I think it needs to be a kind of if you want to wrestle at WrestleMania. You should like probably come in at like thirty at the Royal Rumble, win, and then not have another match until March. That is just the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? Because people yeah. are also speculating on. I mean, I mean, look at look at the Rock's last match, his last real match, not including the the two second one, was yeah. you know the second Cena match where obviously he just I mean ripped himself to asunder in that match. Um, uh, you know, I mean that is and, and now and look and look at how he now approaches things, which is he didn't even he didn't even go in the rumble. He didn't even go in the rumble for thirty seconds to toss people out. That man will not do a move probably until WrestleMania, um, because he I think he I think he knows the deal. Because uh, he's so, sixty or something, isn't he? What, Rock? How, how old is the Rock? Yeah, he's got to be. Uh, he's no, fifty-one. 50s, isn't he? To be fair, fifty-one, no. nearly oh, fifty-two. Um, so, yes. But I guess. That, that is our uh, our next segue. Is uh, so they they last week. I don't I don't know if we even talked about this. I don't think we did. But last week they had. Uh, oh no, this was on. I think this is on Raw. No, this is on Raw. So this is on Raw this, this week. Yeah. yeah, they had Rollins come out and do this. Oh my god, I rolled my eyes so much at this. Do this. I have the real world title that everyone cares about. I'm here all the time wrestling all the time. What do you want? And he goes, do you want the Hulk Hogan championship? To which the, the answer would probably, yeah. It'd probably be the, what, the, the big yeah. star championship. Yeah, I would like that one. <laughs> and especially when, when Cody has had a bunch of, a bunch of pro, uh, promos explaining why he wants that one specifically. Um, uh, and so it was, it, it was such a lame attempt to try and pivot it over to 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 Cody versus Seth. Um and then of course we had the the segment on SmackDown where Cody came out and I I still in like in universe I do not understand what the what the rationale of his character is supposed to be. He goes, I'm coming for you, Roman, but not just yet. And <laughs> and, and and this guy is and the rock comes out and they do this absolutely dreadful hug thing. <sighs> Uh, I, I don't know if you saw earlier today, but they pulled and then re-uploaded the segment on YouTube without the Cody interaction. So it's just the rock. It's Cody segueing to the rock and then cutting to the rock in the ring with Cody not there. I guess because they knew people were watching it going, this guy looks like a fucking geek. And also looks like can't even hide the 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 uh, this is such bullshit face he's pulling. Um and this has obviously set the the world aflame uh, uh in the uh in the last twenty uh, the last forty eight hours, I guess. Um, as we as we start, I mean, I don't think they've made it official yet. They they haven't put up their old graphics, I suppose. But um, it's it sure seems like we're going Seth Cody and Rock Roman, um, and yeah. uh, people are not people are not happy. People are not happy. I saw this on Saturday morning. I logged on to the Observer website, which is where I get my wrestling news now, uh, avoiding Twitter. Uh, go to the source. Go to Meltzer. Um, and they had they had the little news headline. It wasn't at the top. It was kind of buried. It was like Roman versus Rock for WrestleMania. I was like, 
huh? Click through and then saw the promo, the actual promo. And I look, I'm a nasty little hater. Okay. But I thought yeah. this was hilarious. I just thought yeah, it was yeah. so funny that they, this is what they have done in the past. Like with, with punk, with uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, with other people, but like 10 times worse. It's like all of those combined into one. It's literally yeah. like, Cody going, go for it, Rocky. Okay, thanks. I'll take it from here, little buddy. See you later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taking all the heat, coming in. And this match isn't about, like, The Rock versus Roman is is a dream match. And I think we'll yeah. be like, yeah, you know what? That is the WrestleMania main event. Makes perfect sense. Maybe it made perfect sense last year. Or maybe it makes mm. perfect sense next year. But after two years of building Cody up, to then switch it at the last minute. Because it's not like the fans have built up Cody in their minds as, as the guy that it should be. WWE has built him up as the guy. Along with the fans, everyone's on the same page for once in WWE that they all want the same guy to be the, um, you know, the big hero. And then to, to, to do it like that, oh my God. And to put him back with Rollins, possibly. I mean, he already beat him three times with a, with his tip ripped off. What, what, yeah. What's the point of wrestling again for this shitty belt? Oh my god, it's so funny. I've been I've been looking at all the Reddit threads and and people are really pissed, like a lot more angry than the whole you know Vince McMahon being a rapist thing. They weren't too bothered about yeah. that. They can't be on that quite quickly. This has really upset them. So Cody cut what was almost a heel promo in concept. So he did the like, you know what, Roman. I'm coming for your belt. I'm going to hit you with the crossroads. I'm going to make you bleed. I'm going to pick you up, hit, hit you with a second crossroads. We're not done yet. I'm going to hit you with a third crossroads. I'm going to pin your shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. I'm going to win the belt. I'm going to hold it above my head. Everyone's going to go crazy. It's going to be the best. Just not tonight. You know, that kind of where, where they, they yeah. pull the rug from underneath uh, the, the, the feet. Um, Felt very like that. Um, yeah, I guess just conceptually, the, the, that's where the problem is. I feel like they could have arrived at the same, you know, end point of Rock Roman. Because, you know, they've also, they've been building up this bloodline thing and hinting at it for years that The Rock is going to come in and challenge the, the whole head of the table thing. And obviously yeah. they've been building this Cody Roman Roman match for, for, for two years now as well. And yet, in one segment, they kind of undid the goodwill towards both of those. I mean, people who still want Cody uh, to win because Cody, you know, Cody came in and, and for these two years has seemed like the the top baby face in the company that everybody loves, and they all do the whoa when he comes out. But um, yeah, <laughs> the, the thing with I, I think with with Rock, people would have been perfectly happy with you know if they had announced. That Cody was coming for for Roman, and we are doing a WrestleMania night one, but mm. night two you're wrestling this man or so you know something. People still would have been happy about it. It just it feels a lot like WWE inorganically again doing what they want to do at the expense of what the fans actually want. And it's to, to their credit, it's a long time. Since WWE have done that, it's it's you know we mentioned the the Daniel Bryan and bringing in Batista mm. Batista Orton as the WrestleMania main event that 
Brian eventually got shoehorned into. It seems like since the Bloodline storyline started, WWE has been pretty good, and you know your LA yeah. Knights of the world and all that. WWE has been pretty good at aligning the television product with what the fans want, or maybe the fans have become more malleable to accepting. I think the what fans. I think because we've talked about that a little bit. I do think you know for all AEW's ups and downs, generally speaking, when a primetime major league alternative came up the people who would go to a show and chant cm punk and chant brian danielson and do this and hijack this i think i think they left and it's a good thing i think it's a good thing they left they found something they liked and the people who stayed with wwe love it they love it and so a couple of weeks ago when rock teased the roman match i saw some people saying oh fans might reject that i was like no no way they won't they absolutely won't because they they love the rock and they love they love whatever wwe gives them here's what i think is crucial about why i am you know turning out to be wrong and they do seem to be vehemently rejecting it i think such a teeny little thing they could have done to save themselves a lot of this grief i think the most insane thing of this story is having cody win the rumble and point to roman and say oh roman i'm definitely absolutely facing you for mm-hmm. that title brother at wrestlemania i mean i know like punk got hurt and that's why they're shuffling but there's also the you know the story is coming out that rock's been pushing for this match and he, w- he wasn't sure but now he is sure there's also the sean ross app did say he heard from at least one person who said rock would like to win uh, which, I mean, that will be that will be the funniest moment in the history of wrestling if, if Rock beats Roman. If if they go uh, ahead with this main event, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. I'm uh, yeah, I may, I may also be watching it just for the banter. Night two, um, not night one. Not uh, um, you know, the the, the the two funniest outcomes are Rock winning or they do a Daniel Bryan. They they do a Daniel Bryan on, and they do listen to the fans. They switch them, and, and Roman beats Cody again. <laughs> <laughs> which that would be or or they have or they have rock pin both of them like roman did to edge and brian uh uh that one year just have just have rock pinning the two of them. um so yeah it's all it's all of it. i'm 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 very curious to see how much of this is the online bubble and how much of this is in the real world because mm-hmm. as as fevered as it seems part of me still thinks when smackdown rolls around because I, I, I don't know how much of this they'll do on raw um, when SmackDown rolls around, they'll just go, yeah, yeah, the Rock. Oh, the Rock's here. Oh, sick! I love the Rock. You know, are people in 2024 really yeah. gonna boo their this big, you know, their beloved big star? We'll see. I'm actually, I actually, I don't really know one way or the other because it's. Well, these the, people who go to the shows were still bowing to Vince McMahon, the rapist. Uh, yeah, you're right, exactly. Like, yeah. Ex- so, so yeah. So, who, so I suppose you can't really predict just how much they they endlessly support uh, 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 the the vision. You know. So um, I mean, that's mania. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 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 funny thing is, I think this would have worked as well if Cody would wrestle Roman at WrestleMania, and then you have Cody win, and in the aftermath or or the night after, you move on to Rock Roman because Rock Roman, as the head, the whole head of the table thing, doesn't need the title involved anyway. Mm. Obviously, the problem is that the Rock is old as balls, and they need to do it before he is incapable uh. of wrestling anymore. You know? Jeez, does, does Rock want to wrestle him after he's been beaten as well? I feel like the Rock's ego. He ah, well, now we're getting into if the, he's, the, if he's going to put him over, yeah. it's fine. You know, if he's still the guy. Yeah, I will. I will remind you, Joe, him, just you know? to keep in mind who we're who we're dealing with here. This is the man who took an acting role as Black Adam with the absolute intent of taking over the d- entire DC universe and becoming like the showrunner of the whole thing. Um. <laughs> And like vetoing, I'm the Shazam uh, fucking villain. No, no. I'm, I'm fighting Superman. 
So that's, that's a very good analogy, I think, for this Cody Rhodes situation. <laughs> Shazam doesn't uh, work for me, brother. Hank Cavill, great to meet you, brother. I brought you some tequila. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. <laughs> Listen, you're staring at the lights tonight, brother. It just, it just, that's the way it goes. And um, it's going to be a solid, like, two and a half minute fight. You know what I mean? Like, you'll, you know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of be kicking the shit out of you. And maybe Batman can, like, help you and distract me. And you can punch me then. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm beating you down, you know. Uh, nice little witcher, little what's that? Oh, you're dressing up like a little wizard. That seems cool. Yeah, Netflix. I, yeah, I work with them sometimes too. Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, it is, it, yeah, it is kind of curious because you're, you're just kind of thinking like the age is starting to creep in. Obviously, he's in ridiculous shape, but that could also be a detriment to him, as we saw with the Cena match. And that was 10 years ago, all those injuries he got in the Cena match. Um, see that, see that tweet where someone posted the Robocop gif. <laughs> of, of driving the van through <laughs> the melted guy that's rock taking the spear at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, I can't remember who said that. I, who posted that? But that's, that was tremendous. That was tremendous. Um, oh, yeah. So that's uh, uh, that. Those are the big matches for uh, for Mania. Also, um, Bro- Brock Lesnar has been erased from history. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Taken out the WWE Supercard. I mean, that's the big one. That's yes, the, the Supercard, which I didn't even realize that game was still going. Um, yeah. Kept kept in business by by like I suppose, this isn't even unusual. Like most mobile games, probably kept in business by like ten people who spend yeah. their life savings on it every day. Yeah, exactly. um, but yes, he's he's been removed from that. I think the the console video game is going to be fascinating. Who is and is not in that? Because uh, like Vince has been a playable character in that for forever. Like and he's in he's in it every year as well. I don't think they've ever taken him out. And and Brock has been in it since he came back in twenty twelve or whatever. So and that's also, out in it's also yeah. How how much time do they have to remove characters from it potentially? Well, so so they they the first round of previews was this past week, and it's coming out in the end of March. So it is to be fair, it's probably cutting it close. I would say I would say the folks making the game aren't too happy about it, but. I would, this is a complete guess, but I would assume based on the fact that they were showing previews this week that it's probably not finished yet. Like it's not gone gold, as they say. Mm-hmm. So I would say they could take them out. But also the, the main mode is the big, the big showcase mode this year is 40 years of WrestleMania. Yeah. That stuff is probably harder to take out if there's cutscenes and interviews. And <laughs> Remember, Harry, all those great Stephen Richards WrestleMania moments. Oh, it was so good. I mean, I mean, can we take a minute and talk about Christian versus DDP? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, it was just absolutely incredible. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that that would be that would be an interesting one to to watch going forward. Um, that's the uh, I think that's all the wrestling news. A couple of little bits here we can cover during television, uh, during the wrestling TV reviews. Um, yeah, previews for the game came out, but I'm not, I'm not getting that. Um, segue into our, our features for the week. Let's do it. I will say, as an aside, um, you know when you're away in a hotel and you just watch so much crap daytime telly in between your activities? Mm. Uh, amidst all the four in a bed, I did also watch my first episode of Tenable. Oh, oh you uh, get it now. You get the game yeah. now. So I was like, oh, so that's why I'm not doing it right. Oh, okay, yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, was it Warwick Davis? Or was it one it of was ones? Warwick. I mean, I think that's what we're missing. We're, we're no Warwick on this show. Um, we haven't got a Warwick. Uh, we haven't got a war. We have got a, a Bradley Walsh, like the chase. I watched a bit of the chase as well, which I've of course seen that a million times. But uh, you know, we're no, we're we're no, we're no Brad. We're no war. Uh, is Bradley Walsh's son on the Gladiators? By the way, did I hear yes. that correctly? Yes. They co-present. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard is- he's. A, I've heard we've got a bit of a nepo baby. He doesn't have it. 
uh, brother. Uh, you know, no, he's kind of giving one of those WWE commentators that's only going to last three months. That's what that's what gets me. Like the he's Irish not, guy. <laughs> he's not, yeah, he's not. He's not great. Um, that's a shame. The show is pretty good, though. I have to say, they've recreated. I want to watch it very well. And I think when it was on the other day, with, I was mentioning this. They have like a lot of storylines in here with like the contestants getting injured and coming back, and a lot of heel, good heels, good heel gladiators as well. They're really going to work in that. So the thing is um, that the gladiators should essentially all be heels, right? In the context of what the show is. I don't know. I think there's room for like your baby face, you know. But like put, the, put, the, put, the, put the your elders around are the ultimately the baby faces. Obviously, yeah. But the, you know, you can have a, a sort of respect, like respect. baby face versus baby yeah, yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. put put your arm around him at the end, like you well on champ kind of thing. Yeah, um, and there should be there should be a cool heel. Your wolf and that are your real heels, but there should be it, a you know. Yeah, plays yeah. makes them even bigger heels. Um, the only problem <laughs> a, is a cool, a cool heel like Kevin Nash. Like <laughs> I, I'm only I'm not going up on that joust podium for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll climb the wall for <laughs> 10 grand. <laughs> the only problem is they have too many gladiators. There's like fucking right. millions of them. Bloated yeah, in roster. my head, you spell like AEW. Eight. Yeah, right, they had yeah. like four female, four male, whatever. Now there's like 30, 40 of them. Yeah. It's like they're going to have a gladiator trio division. Basically, yeah. like, oh, something like that. That'd actually be cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, six man, six man events, three contestants, oh. and three gladiators. Oh, now we're talking. Anyway. We won't fantasy book uh, gladiators. We've got some features to get to here. Do you want yeah. to jump into a quiz before we do the fantasy updates? Yeah, we can do a quiz. Um, sure. I was previewing Joe and what the quiz is uh, for this week. So we we do only only connect only. <laughs> sorry, don't give away the secrets. The uh, only ITV's lawyers. Uh, what? <laughs> only lore connect, right? Um. And this week we're doing kind of a spin-off of that. It is the final round where you have the board of 16 and you have to make four sets of four from that. So also New York Times do this quiz. Uh, Connections is the name of the game. So I'm going to share with you boys in our little Discord chat here an image. Right. And that's your game board that you're going to be playing from today. All right. So All again, right. the the what I, what I would suggest is, Joe, if you want to go ahead and tweet it out, Listeners, yep. if you want to play along, go to twitter.com at chairshotpod, and the game board will be there. The idea is you have 16 objects on the board, and you have to arrange them in four sets of four connecting, uh, I was going to say pairs, but groups, knowing that there are sometimes some red herrings in there. So you got to be careful. Uh, okay, let me send this now. The game board oh, is set. Oh, interesting. So I'm going to read them out as well for the listeners. So the the items we have are six, Buried Alive, Tombstone Piledriver, The Bloodline, Big T, Blackpool Combat Club, RKO, Degeneration X, Figure Four Leg Lock, VK Wall Street, The Shark, Five Star Frog Splash, Bad Blood, Aces and Eights, Rock Bottom, and NWO. Now, I will say I gave this to my brother earlier as a test, and he got it immediately because <laughs> I know that sometimes when I do these quizzes, I immediately go to hard mode. So I've tried yeah, to yeah. make it make it gettable yeah. more so than than super difficult this time. So do you want to try and get some of these yes. these groups? Okay. And what uh, I'll do, so by the way, by the way, just before you you go ahead, Barry, you, if you say your guess, I will either tell you right or wrong. But if you were wrong and you're only you've got three of them right and you're only one away, I will tell you one away. But I won't tell you which one. Okay. So am I going first? We do. What are we doing this? You're, you're doing it as a team. Or as a team? Oh, yeah. doing as a team. Right. Pardon me. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Um, Barry, you have one? Did you? I have one. Yeah, I think I think I see. It. So so okay. Yeah. So will I just start? Yeah. Yeah. Go for. It. Okay. I think this is the easiest one on the board. Figure four leg lock. Okay. Yes. Give me the four of them. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. So okay. Sorry. I was. I okay. Figure four leg lock. Uh, rock bottom. RKO. Tombstone pile driver. Uh, uh, one away. Ah shit. Oh shit! What? Three, four, six, blah, blah, aces and eights. Can I'll, we share our logic? Should we just can we work this out together? Or yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. your team. No, no, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I so obviously, so, so moves. Obviously, moves was the oh, yeah. was one for there. So what I'm wondering, like, so this, five star frog splash is maybe what the actual fourth one should be, but I don't know what one was wrong in that. Okay, so it could be figure four. What's figure, figure four like that? Uh, rock bottom. Rock bottom was a pay per view as well. Oh, he's that crafty. Could be, isn't he? He's crafty. It could be, so we got buried alive, bad, bad blood, rock bottom, degeneration X. Yes, although there's also there's also stables on here. Aces and eights, degeneration X, bloodline, NWO. I think you are right though. I think I think he might. So a pay per views might be a separate answer, and maybe five star yeah. frog splash is the answer for the moves category. Possibly. Okay, should we go for that one? Pay per views. Sure. Okay, Buried Alive, Bad Blood, D- D- D-Generation X, Rock Bottom. That's correct. Ding! Well, it's well, specifically in your house pay-per-views. In, in your, your house, house pay-per-views, Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's a little sneaky there with the Rock Bottom. Okay, I'll go again on, on moves here, okay? Yeah. Uh, let me go figure four. Uh, Tombstone Piledriver, RKO, five-star Frog Splash. Is correct. Fabulous. Ding. Okay, so then the other one I think has got to be... So six, Big T, VK Wall Street, and the Shark are all WCW gimmicks of wrestlers better known for the, in the in WWF. WWF, excellent, yeah, excellent. Is, that, is absolutely correct, Joe. Mm, okay, and and I guess the, the final one. Who was Very, VK Wall Street in uh, IRL? IRS. <laughs> IRS, 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 IRL. <laughs> IRS, IRL, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Big T was Ahmed Johnson. Big T was, of course, yeah. Ahmed, of course, yeah. Um, and then for our last one, I suppose we will go uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Aces and Eights, um, uh, The Bloodline, and The New World Order. Is correct. So you've got the board out. Whee! Well done. <laughs> I will say, I, I, threw in a, I did throw in another red herring there that you guys didn't fall into the trap of. I had, so, I had f- figure four, five star, numbers. Yeah. six, and aces and eights. I, I specifically chose four that had numbers in them. Yeah. But well, uh, very well good. Done. Yeah, there well was, done, there was layers to that. Hope you're playing at home, listeners. Hope you're playing at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, the idea of that quiz was, Barry, we didn't know if you were going to be here or not. So I, I made a quiz that would work if it was only Joe on his own. Excellent. Okay. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff as well always. Done, guys. Uh, Quiz, Quiz Master Paul doing a great job as always, and he's also the master of ceremonies for the fantasy league. And oh, wait, what's this? Something's just been slid across my 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 desk. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting word. I'm getting word in here. Um, uh, coming in just before the the transfer deadline, which is I believe thirty uh, first of December. Uh, coming in just in time for that, we do have our first uh, transfer of the season. Uh, I throw it over to my colleague Paul with more info. Yeah, Joe, do you want to go ahead and let us know? Yes, I can announce today that um, my team has uh, parted ways with Kyle Fletcher, who has had, I think, one match. So one far. match defeated by Chris Jericho. Defeated by the uh, big, fat, 
tuneless pantomime dame uh, that is Chris Jericho. Um, <laughs> that was the last straw. And he said, I've brought in the up and coming uh, member of the female roster, Diona Perrazzo, who's been on a winning streak. And I think we'll be in the mix for the foreseeable future. So looking forward to some points there. Yeah. So Diana Perrazzo, who as of uh, this week is on 12 points. Obviously you don't get those 12 points. Yeah, Joe. Uh, of course. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I think that's a very good pick. I was a little bit jealous when you brought it in. The only, obviously, the 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 big thing, the big pro, is that she's on a big winning streak. She's won every yeah. match she's had since come in, and she's in line for a title shot, which she could very well win. Mm. the The potential con would be the the regularity with which AEW have brought people in, specifically women. Interest. Yeah, and they get their push, and they don't win title, and then they kind of fall into the. The, the pile but I think Diana or Diana is being presented in a way that's above everyone that's come before um, yeah I don't want to I don't want to jinx it here but I think I think so far this year we as a podcast we've been pretty positive on the direction TK is moving with the women's division I I think this is a good pick by Joe I think she's losing that title match which will be a, a rough first week for for Joe but I think she's going to be a fixture and I think she'll be good Fletcher is I think a big prospect for the company, but I think he is going to be the pin eater for this group for the most of this year. I would say, um, yeah. which I, w- I wish they wouldn't put the fucking. I wish they w- I know they've got seven hundred titles to put on people, <laughs> but I wish they wouldn't put titles on people who are obviously positioned as the low man in a group. But what are you going to do? Something on about us, fucking jabroni strap. Yeah, evidently, evidently, that's what they tell us. Pop um, in the bin like Scott Hall, the TV yeah. title. What is it? It is the TV title, isn't it? Is that what he has? The Ring I, of Honor TV Ring title. Ring of Honor yeah. fucking spot fest title. It gives a fuck. Yeah. So your update this week anyway is that it's very, very tight at the top. Joe is still in the lead, uh, but only by six points. He's on 74. In second place is Barry 74. on 68. 75. And then I'm on 66, a further two points behind. Ooh. Um, uh, we have, um, an interesting thing though, is that I have the highest points per match, uh, of the three of us, but you know, I've had the fewest matches I've had. My team's had 23 matches, Hmm. Barry 25 and Joe 26. Okay. Uh, so I need my people to be like Tony storm still hasn't wrestled this year. Uh, Jay white has only wrestled once. (laughs) So it's like, guys, come on, hurry up a little bit here. Uh, Barry, you still have two people who haven't wrestled this year, Miro and Jamie Hayter. So you might be looking at the old um, the old list of others on, on the file yeah. here to see where, where potentially you might be bringing someone in. Um, I'm happy and- with my, my long game pick on Jamie Hayter. Miro, fucking, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate your unwillingness to do jobs. Very good tactical decision here in this fantasy league. But you, it, the upshot is that you're not on television ever, pal. So I, you're, you're not helping me out much here. And Joe, Joe has two people who haven't wrestled yet as well. Nick Jackson or Nicholas. I need to change that now. Nicholas Jackson. Mm. And Will Ospreay, who's obviously on the way in very shortly. He'll be getting you a bundle of points, I'm sure. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, notable statistics for this week. Obviously, we still have our top 10 of Adam Copeland, still number one on the list, but Orange Cassidy, Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland, and Eddie Kingston are, are all only two points behind. Um, Queen Amanata this week has had her sixth match of the year, which is the, the most in the company, along with Commander. Mm. The difference between herself and Commander is that she's lost every single one of those matches. Zero for six. 
Has Commander won a match? Oh, he did. Command- yeah, he won the, yeah, he won the contenders won- match. Yeah. Yeah, Commander has four points from six matches. I may, uh, yeah, Joe's Joe's got me thinking about it now. I may, I may peruse the old roster page now and yeah. and, and weigh, weigh up some decisions. Uh, and I do yeah. have an update as well. The number of wrestlers used by AEW on TV so far this year is now now up to one hundred and fourteen. Wow! In just over a month, one hundred fourteen different wrestlers. Uh, so yeah, so we are looking at uh, a big dynamite coming up. We'll see how that'll affect the points. Uh, and Adam Copeland, as of now, who is still the top scoring wrestler in the company, does see- seemingly does not have a match scheduled for next week. We're going to hear from him on Collision. So he might he might take a little bit of a tumble down down the rankings here if Orange Cassidy. Mm. Hangman Page and Swerve, who obviously are against each other on Dynamite. Mm, uh, Eddie Kingston, Moxley, Diana Parazzo, Thunder Rosa, Danielson, Claudio are all just behind. Okay. It's time. All right. It's all to play for. All to play for. So speaking Uh, of Dynamite. Go on. It was all right. Wasn't that good, was it? It wasn't great, was it? No. Uh, no. I'm struggling. To, like I'm pulling up the results, but I'm struggling to just off the top of my head think of a thing that happened. Uh, was it RVD? RVD versus uh, your man there. Yeah. Uh, the match itself was fun, but they did like a weird thing of like keeping it as a surprise opponent, even mm. though it was blatantly obvious who it was going to be, and the commentators kept kept making references to who it was going to be. All right. All right. Yeah, I I actually thought the match overachieved. I think RVD's appearances have actually been pretty fun in in AEW to his credit. So thumbs up to him. I will say though, uh, lads, Swerve and Hangman, quick huddle here. These were not the best possible picks to like fuck up your hated <laughs> rival. Swerve's at least made a little bit of sense because it's like okay, it's a guy who doesn't have any wins or anything, but it's like a big beefy uh, mm. uh, enforcer in his own stable. So I'm like, all yeah. right, all right. And and on top of that match in a second, I actually really liked it. But Hangman, I realize you, you you got him with this sneaky little it's a hardcore match thing. But you his first thought was RVD. I don't I don't <laughs> understand like you know what what 2004 video game he was playing when he's, he came up with that. He's only two years older than The Rock. I'll put it that way. Uh, so, that's actually insane. So he could you know next year's WrestleMania. Hmm? <laughs> Um, but that match was, you know, it was pretty fun. The Swerve RVD one. Um, uh, it, it did shop. I thought the Toa Leona match was bloody great fun mm. on this show. And I thought he, he um, what's the word? He, he acquitted himself quite well in a, in a, in a big, big, big spot. Uh, again, this is a guy that I'm not sure if he's had a singles match um, mm. uh, on the show. And obviously that team, Gates of Agony, they are bottom of the of the, of again they are the the, the kind of losers of their stable in, in in a lot of ways i thought it was great and you know hanger likes to go in there and throw some bombs and he 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 threw some back i thought he was really really uh, really really good so I, I i thought this was a big big night for him and i thought he delivered i, I really enjoyed it yeah i think the only thing that hampered it was like at no point that i think he was gonna win oh of course so you're just waiting for hangman to win but yeah the stuff they did was very good the moon salts to the outside and a lot of good stuff in there, um, and Hangman continues to continues to look good as he potentially goes towards the, this this uh, main event. Now, what do we think is going to happen in the number one contenders match? 
that they're having. I was assuming that we were going towards a, a triple threat match because they seem to be building Swerve and Hangman to fight Joe. Neither of them really have anything happening on the side. Yeah. But the fact that they've just brought the rankings back in and they're doing number one versus number two, I kind of think you can't immediately do a fuck finish where they both get the match. No, I think uh, they've, they've been working hard to 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 get Dynamite and Dynamite in particular back on a certain track. I can't. I don't think they can do some fucking Monday Night Raw bullshit where they both get counted out and then it's a three way. I think people would hate double that. pin. Yeah. Oh god, I, the double pin is always so stupid. Nah. I'm gonna go say, ref, what are you doing? Who, who, what are you doing? Why would you even do that? It doesn't make sense. It could be a tr- time limit draw. That that would be my only get out but I, I don't think they should do a draw i think they need to decide they need to have people win yes, be decisive yeah. they need to make fucking stars and stars beat and i, th- I think if you go, go with, with one you go with hangman at the moment i think is the one that makes Ooh. sense i yeah, yeah i can I, see I, Swerve. yeah he i think he's he's not going to be hurt by it i think he could keep that going but then then the question is what do you do with Swerve for the pay-per-view so i i that's that is because i was like it's weird because I don't feel like it's a good time for Swerve to lose, but and they've they've made mention of the fact that Hangman's two and zero against Swerve. I don't think they should have Hangman lose a third time to to mm-hmm. one guy. At the end of the day, Hangman is a former world champion, tippy top guy in the company. I think you have to, yeah. And I'm trying to think: is there a person who could like get involved and get involved in the match that could feud with Swerve? I don't know who that would be. Um. I, there's nobody jumping off the top of my head. Mm. Keith Lee is um, having his surgery or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else is he. Yeah, he's been tied up in the hangman thing for so long with Keith Lee being his only other notable rival that I don't. Darby. Yeah, I don't know. Him and staying at Revolution, you know. It's... Yeah. And if, he, if, if, they, if they don't have a meaningful match for him, I would almost rather keep him off. I don't want to see him put in some face of the Revolution ladder fucking... But this, this is why I feel like ultimately what's going to happen is a triple threat match. I just hope mm-hmm. that they don't do it in a way that's immediately annoying. Um, Yeah, I agree. I'm, I do agree with Joe, though, that if they were to do that, a time limit is the only one I would tolerate because at the end they, they can go mm. and have a great match and they've established the history of, of time limits in the company, which is good. But I would, I, I would also rather I pick a guy, pick a guy. That's that's you're yeah. bringing the well, rankings I, back. You're getting back to what made the company strong at first. And that, and that was picking guys and pushing them. You know, I think if you wanted to do a, tr- a triple threat, the way to do it would have been that Samoa Joe himself had to be the trigger for it to happen. Like the rankings come out and Samoa Joe, to prove his dominance as a champion challenges both the top contenders mm. to a triple threat or something. That way you can at least buy in, okay, they're not they're not going around the, the rankings. It's the champion himself who's decided it, you know? But to have a match to determine a number one contender and then do a non-finish or a draw or some shit. And also if let's say let's say this week they do a time limit draw. What's the rationale then that they go, oh then it's a triple threat match instead of being like, okay, we're going to run it back next week. Cause we still have a month and a half until the pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm, let, I'm, let's let's I'm, not get ju- judgmental until it actually happens. No, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's see. But I, I do think it's interesting. And, and in a way, this is, this is, this is in a way, this is good booking. Cause it's like, okay, you got two guys you protected. You're having a match. And I hope they just pick one of them and they win. And it's one of those, and that's that's the that's why so many promoters do go the lazy way with the countouts and the blah 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 and the draws and the double pins because like oh well 
you know, is, you know, we don't want to hurt so-and-so. And it's like, whoever you want to push, just make your peace with it. And, 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 you know, ultimately Swerve is not going to be significantly hurt if Hangman wins. I'm looking at the rankings here just to think hypothetically who could Swerve face on the pay-per-view. And these are all, these are all people. I do don't know what's interesting since they brought the rankings out as well. What's that? They mm. do line up quite well with my rankings from the fantasy game. Mm. And that's not, not, not patting myself on the back. That's patting them oh, wow. on the back that, okay, your rankings are basically legitimate. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, do they, where do they get the rankings from? That's what I'm wondering. Well, that's it. Is Paul on the committee? That's it. Is he on the, is he the powers that be? <laughs> the I mean, committee. the championship committee. That is the, the questions that are being asked. Um, look in here. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, because like Swerve had to face like Dustin at the last pay per view, which was such an like I, I, yeah, like I said, I think I'd rather him not be on the show, and he can maybe even r- roll that into his promos and make it a part of his character rather than him do some throwaway shite. That doesn't yeah, matter, let's say you hypothetically know? you do Hangman Joe, Swerve is in the crowd, or Swerve is is watching on from the, from the mm. rafters, or, or yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was your that was your main event picture there on Dynamite. Elsewhere on the show, we opened up with Jeff Hardy versus Moxley. Um, I guess I guess TK's kind of compromise on the Hardys whinging incessantly was all right. I'll, I'll take the one who still has some semblance of something to offer, and he can do a couple <laughs> of jobs on TV. <laughs> the and, one who can still walk, move, and still and you know was like over at one point, and you know still has a little something to offer. I I, I thought that I thought this match was actually all right. You know, to be fair, um, yeah. Um, and I guess they're going heel with Jeff, which, you know, <laughs> they've been teasing that for a few weeks. He did that same thing on Rampage with Darby. Yeah. So I guess why not? I mean, they they obviously have no interest in doing anything, and, you know, correctly, have no interest of doing anything with like babyface, the Hardy Boys type mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely uh, the thing to do, and, and people might scoff at this and say, well, please don't do that. But like, <laughs> who in their right mind, heel or babyface, cares about. The, the vanilla parties anymore yeah no absolutely you know I mean? absolutely i would do the tna fucking broken matt and brother nero with the oh the- no oh that's I would no just that's do something to do something with them but, they, but they've done that in this company they've done they did broken matt in this company i'd have here's, here, here's the thing about the house of black they should go goth again and join the house of black like when they were in the brood I, I would actually be way more into that. I, I am completely 100% tapped out on the, like, you know, at the end of the day, that was that, that was ultimately, like, one good match, that first Hardy's compound match in TNA, however many. That was a decade ago at this stage. Wasn't that? that was nearly mm. a decade ago. I, I couldn't watch any more of that. Remember the, what was the one? Uh, they just did one, like, last year, wasn't it? And, um, with Ethan and Page. It was, and it was and, terrible. Yeah. And it was among oh, the worst no. things the company has ever produced. No, no. I, I, I like the idea of them going heel. I like the I think actually House of Black would actually be an interesting fit for them. I absolutely cannot deal with any more of the kind of ironic shit on purpose, which makes it funny, uh, broken, hardy <laughs> stuff. Because it, it, it veered into the territory of, no, no this is just bad. This is just there's, shit. No, there, there's not a thick enough glaze of irony through which this can be looked at. Um, I guess where I'm coming from is that they they can't just be fucking the the Hardy brothers again. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think that's because I, I, I think whatever pops you'd get or t-shirts you'd sell are, are or you do what my prediction was at the start of the year is fucking let them go to TNA. Don't yeah. have on TV anymore. The Hardys have we, we've squeezed all the juice out of that. I, I would also be happy with that. I think that's <laughs> totally fair. Or another nostalgia run in WWE, whatever. Um, 
after this, we got the, the uh, CMLL Boyos jumping mocks, uh, Mystico, uh, Hechicero, Mascara, Dorada 2.0, and Volador Jr. So that's setting up that was setting up stuff on Collision, but also a, a six-man for next week. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's been some little nuggets, some little teases dropped about, like, uh, including a Moxie promo on Collision where they kind of teased him showing up in Arena Mexico. That would be class. I, I hope that yeah. stuff that we see on 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 our TV, like them going over there as the invading Americans. Um, and I saw people maybe wishful thinking, but like, like, like imagine if forbidden door was in arena Mexico or something this year. Like I would like to see forbidden door be somewhere other than, you know, some stars come in, but in a, in a, in a standard American AEW pay-per-view, I, I, I would love to see them really change up the, change up the uh, uh the formula on that but it's early days yet on it would this be very interesting yet. if forbidden door this year wasn't with new japan because who uh, yeah who, who is there from new japan's command that we care about anymore <laughs> yeah uh, i mean you know but i think i mean S- the, the, suzuki just sent suzuki yeah, yeah it was the show. it's just AEW wrestlers. yeah just AEW guys yeah but i mean it's People are, you know, speculating on, you know, if if if, ok- if Okada does go and Mercedes goes to AEW, it's kind of like, okay, at what point is, you know, would would that strain the relationship or not necessarily because it's all all the big names are going. But I don't know. That's that's all. Everyone's just guessing on that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we got another Nicholas and Matthew segment. Um, you know, whatever they have little they have little goatees now. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm waiting. Like I assume it'll kick kick into overdrive once the Stinger has the tag titles. I'm ready. Let's get let's get some let's get some movement on this. Let's get them fucking up Sting and and you know because I've the, yeah, the, 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 the the nod nod wink wink. Oh, we're we're the execs and nobody likes us. Oh, over it. Anyway, we got the Wardlow beating Commander. Don't need too much. I was, to say about I was that. worried for my fancy because Wardlow's on my team. But he looked like he hurt his knee towards the end. Of it. Oh, did he? Oh, shit, did he? Power bomb. He is hobbling about, you know, looking very upset. Um, um, was there any story on that, or, or it seemed like he just... I don't know, we haven't heard anything new since then. Okay, I'll assume he's all right. Nothing official. Uh, we got a... I have a, I have a Barry's uh, Paul's nitpick of the week here um, for this next oh, segment. Hello. We, got, we got the JR sit-down with uh, uh, Starks and Big Bill and Stinger and Darby, which was mostly very good, right? It was, you know, good little intense... Um, I I'm I'm sick of when when wrestlers are doing a serious promo, and Darby here, and they go, "Look at me when I'm talking to you." It's like, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, it, yeah. it's like that is the go-to line of this is real. This promo we're doing. I'm go, oh, I'm angry. <laughs> Look at me in my face. Look at me in my half-painted face. I thought this was fake, but now we said, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this be real. Yeah, that's like that's like everyone's go-to. I'm doing a serious promo line. Look at me in my face. Um, but other than that, I thought it was, you know, it was all right. Um, I feel like I feel like the Big Bill and Ricky thing is kind of ending before it started, but uh, story of Ricky's career kind of so far in AEW, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, mm. this was the we got the aforementioned uh, uh, Chris Jericho defeating Kyle Fletcher, sending him packing out of the uh, out of the Joe Towner team. Jericho stuffing him in a big box that says "Undrafted" on it. <laughs> um, Jericho not in his Bowie cosplay. Um, uh, exactly. uh, I mean, has there ever been a more mortifying video ever published on the internet? I don't think. <laughs> uh, and the other thing, as well, is 
I never, I would never have claimed to have been a big fan of Fozzie's music, but I would listen to it and go, eh, like, you know, Jericho's you know, got like a voice. He's not, he's not the worst thing I've ever heard. And then you watch those videos and then like, oh my God, who is this buffoon who seems to have stolen the microphone on this cruise who doesn't have a note in his head? Oh my God. Do you know the, the, the Ricky Gervais dressed as David Bowie with the makeup and the big Yes. Makeup? Yeah. That, w- that was less embarrassing. Than less Jericho. embarrassing, genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, terrible, terrible. Uh, uh, match was whatever. We're getting uh, uh, Jericho Takeshita next week. Hopefully, uh, Takeshita knees him into oblivion. Yeah, because like, so is I mean, I'm trying to think. Takeshita is, I guess, the still the big dog of that faction, isn't he? They haven't brought in anyone above him. It's like him, and then below him is like Hobbs, and then below Hobbs him is like okay. yeah, and yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like Takeshita should be beating him, but AEW's booking of Takeshita has left more than a little bit to be desired. Um, uh, we got a big uh, bang bang scissor gang segment. Um, uh, <laughs> whatever they're doing <laughs> this, with this, this, was, this was a complete waste of time. Nothing happened in this segment. Complete waste of time. I, uh, uh, you know, I not to jump forward to the collision review, but I'm kind of like, whatever this shit is they're doing with these six guys, and are, you know, will they stay aligned to take on the Adam Cole and stable? That's the story. Whatever it is, it doesn't need the titles, and I'm like, all right, let's get those bad boys onto. FTR and Garcia. Let's put them on an actual team that's having great six man matches every week, and they can do their little hilarious DX catchphrase segments. L- no, let's it. just do the the Bullet Club turn already. Like we know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but I feel like they're going to try and milk this. This is going to be one of those AEW things where they milk it and milk it and milk it because, like, I think they're going to at least do a match with the Adam Cole faction at some point, and it'll. They'll they'll miscommunicate and lose, and then they'll turn. I think is what might, they bother. might do. I wouldn't even bother. Neither, neither would I. Neither would I. I wouldn't bother if I was in But I think that's what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, it's this is this is uh, this is nothing. Uh, we got the newly recruited Diana Perrazzo, uh defeating Taya Valkyrie uh, with with Johnny TV. Uh, not pretty basic match. I like the finish. The yeah, I don't even the, know what she, what she calls that thing, but um, Venus de Milo the, with the Venus two de Milo. That was it. Right. Cool name. Uh, good good week of AEW TV for for like wacky submissions and people being twisted into pretzels. Uh, uh, lots of lots of fun uh, instances of that. And uh, yeah, that brought us back up to the uh, the main event, which we previously discussed. So um, yeah, we didn't discuss Samoa Joe's glee at watching Rob Van Dam wrestle, though. Yes, he was having a great time. Joe was great. Man, Joe was to this like extreme close up of Joe. His his face would take up the entire screen. Yeah, what was, was up just- with that? He was just so happy. Well, he's got a very big face. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but like the cameraman, I mean, he must have been like, he must have been able to smell the cameraman's breath with how close the cameraman was to him. Um, he was having a great old time. So I guess. He, was, he was loving it. Um, but yeah, that was dynamite. Uh, you know, reading through the results here, not a bad show, but pretty, another another low energy week, I would say, yeah. uh, on the dynamite front. And again, another, another no, no great attendance on that one either. Um, Jumping over to Collision from Edinburgh, Texas, which I believe they're pronouncing correct because there's no H on, on, on this. So I believe it is Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, uh, and this, uh, I thought this was a bloody great show, um, uh, specific, specifically the first hour, but really the whole show was very good. Yeah. It's kick, very kick. like Dynamite is your, I know we've, we've made this point before, but Dynamite, especially this week, felt like, interviews and storylines and you know it might get one or two good matches but it's mostly for the storyline progression and collision was skippable in the sense of 
not a lot of storyline progression. But you know what it's like? It's like in in uh, um, uh, Zelda or Elden Ring or one of those games where if you do a little bit of extra exploring, you go into this cave and you find a really cool thing that you didn't know was yeah. there. It, it, you know, you don't miss anything in terms of the story, but you go, oh, that was great. I'm really happy I watched it and it, I, I gained something from it. But, you, you know, it, it's skippable in that sense. This this fucking Dinosaur Hetchy Sarah match. Oh, where did that come out of? Again, well, you could you, you could skip it and the storyline would still make sense, but you you'll definitely get more for having watched it. This, this I think Hechicero is among the list. He was one of those guys that when Brian was in WWE doing loads of interviews about how he wishes he could wrestle people who were not <laughs> in WWE. Hechicero was a name that came up a lot, you know. And and I think when you because I'd never seen him before, so but then then when you watch the match, uh, it makes sense. And I think even they even made this point on commentary for like you know people like us who, who wouldn't know. They're like, oh well, he. Kind of a luchador equivalent of a guy who has a rep akin to a Zack Saber Jr. Right, this this submission wizard and 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 um, uh, super technician and a real you know uh, the type of guy that a real nerd's nerd like Danielson would obviously get a great kick out of wrestling. I didn't realize his entrance was so sick. I didn't know that about <laughs> With him. The fire, oh my god, his yeah. his flaming his fireballs that was so cool and his outfit was great. Um, yeah, no, this was th- that match was great. Um, I don't really have too much to say about it. Um, I was I, I was I worried like, something had happened to Dyson because the referee seems to be checking on him a lot during the match. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what that was about. And also, Dyson got in about three moves on him in the entire match. It was just Hetchishow <laughs> beating the shit out of him for the entirety until the yeah. finish. Very well. I, I, I think. I think again, going to Danielson kind of nerd mode he's like all right we're working with the cmll boys i love i love this guy i know all this stuff he's gonna get all this stuff in he's gonna be twisting yeah, gonna, me into gonna, and, yeah. uh, and i'm gonna beat him with a roll up you know um uh, type thing um but yeah no it's top notch <laughs> what you make of it joe uh, i didn't watch collision oh, oh you, you collision. missed okay. that one I, I would I would say watch the first forty minutes of Collision because it's also oh. not only is it is it is it great, but it's also no messing. It's like it starts off with mm-hmm. um. Uh, so we'll go we'll we'll go backwards here a little bit. The opener was Brian Keith versus Eddie Kingston. Keith's already in the ring. Kingston's hitting the ring when the when the show starts. No messing. Uh, that match was tremendous as well. Uh, a proper uh, um, showing out for Brian Keith, who I think is a great little signing. They did the. I like that they're picking their spots to give guys their 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 big moment and then put the graphic on the screen. Um, uh, I think that's great rather than just doing it arbitrarily on, you know, whatever day they signed, you know, um, really great hard hitting back and forth match that I think, uh, instantly kind of, uh, elevated Keith to, to a certain degree, uh, Kingston retained. And then they did the moment in the ring, uh, where Tony Schiavone said, come along here. Now we've got some news for you. And through the graphic of the crowd, the reaction was huge for, for, for a graphic of an indie guy signing. But again, he just had a <laughs> banger. With uh, uh, with Eddie Kingston, and they were in Texas, and he's a Texas indie guy for like a yeah. decade, so so I think it meant a lot to them. And then I, I love the simplicity of this Danielson Kingston thing because Kingston's like, hell yeah, the fucking shaking his hand, you deserve it, all this other stuff. We had a great match, and then D- Danielson's music hits, and he comes down, and he just walks past Kingston, and then he starts raising Brian Keith, and he's like, oh Brian <laughs> Keith, get a load of this guy, this this youngster's gonna go far, and Kingston's just looking and going, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. It's so simple, but it's so good. And what better two guys to do it than uh, than Kingston and Danielson? And then yeah, obviously we got the hitches there. So yeah, you can boot up Collision, 
watch oh, that okay, first okay, match. Right. It's great. Segways into the second match, and then you can. The rest of the show is good, but you can you can knock it off after the Hechicero match, mm-hmm. and you'll uh, mm-hmm. you, you'll have seen your you'll have seen some proper gold. Um. So yeah, Hechicero does jump Danielson after the match, and uh, we are getting um. Uh, I can't remember the other participants, but it's BCC and the three CMLL boyos uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Um. I believe I went to the bathroom when Hook beat the Outrunners. I assume that was brief. Uh, now, now I've heard about this a real match. I'm gonna have to watch. This <laughs> yeah, <show>. the Outrunners <laughs> are wow. so great. I what a perfect. Her. I love the yeah. Outrunners. Uh, they, what, what a perfect pair of goons to be to be so defeated by by Hook in in a two on one. I kind of I'm kind of missing. I I didn't realize that was a match until I'm looking at these results here. But mm. I might uh, the might matches check it have wasn't great. Well, yeah, it looks it's Hook, one sentence here on the rundown. It, so. it wasn't it wasn't Hook's best uh, outing. I gotta say. Okay. This is the first, the first time I've watched Hook where I was like, you know, Hook for 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 as much as he does yeeting people over the rope and backdropping people, Hook is, is at the end of the day a little bit small. I don't want to sound like Jim Ross and be on the math going, dude, yeah. you, you got to get some fucking muscles on them titties, brother. But like there was one bit where he tried to backdrop one of the outrunners and he almost got folded in half. Yeah. By the, by the weight of trying to backdrop his guy. Yeah. Um, the match that was was why you would, why you would expect why why you would picture in your mind of hook against the outrunners it it was yeah. like- uh we got a mark briscoe segment it looks like it's mark briscoe and the house of black is the next uh, direction yeah um which makes sense cuz he got involved obviously in the cage match so there you go uh queen aminata versus serena Deeb, i thought was quite good another another match featuring people being twisted and contorted into <laughs> Did I call her shapes. Queen Amidala earlier? Because I'm looking at I, Queen Aminata now, and I go, yes, that is her name. I Queen, don't think Queen you know, Amidala don't is the did. one from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you have done that on another show, I'm fairly sure. I don't think you okay. did it this way. I apologize to Queen Aminata if I called her that. I mean, but that would be a great, like, Wembley entrance. Actually, who would pop for that reference? I don't even know why I was coming out in the in the, in the the elegant robes. from the big uh, hair. The big hair from episode one, but uh, yeah. That, so, uh I don't think they. I mean, so she's on almost every show, but they have. I don't think they've they've done the formal graphic on the screen thing for Amanada yet. But um, I think that'd be. I think that I. I feel like it's for a formality at this stage because she's wrestled basically everyone worth wrestling on the show. Looks um, very good again here. I thought. Yes. No. She's a, a another another uh, another uh, one that I, I would say would be great for this um, burgeoning division, finally taking shape division. Um, yeah. Uh, we got a um, uh, we got a swerve segment. Uh, not much to say about it, really. Um, well, the uh, thing I'm, is that Nana and the boys won't be ringside for the, or at least there will be no interference in the swerve match. Right. Yeah. Now, we, are they saying that to get loads of heat when he does run in? <laughs> I don't know. Because we're still in this spot with Swerve, where we're kind of like, are you a baby face? Are you not a baby face? I don't really know. Um, this was this promo was a little bit more baby facey than normal, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, got uh, Red Velvet versus Vert Vixen, which was obviously very short. Um, uh, Red Velvet's. This was because she's facing someone. I've already forgotten who is it. Tony. She's facing Tony Storm. Yeah, I, Tony Storm and Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously they'd give her an owl, an owl win. So there you go. An owl winski. I know Winsky, and then the trios match was the main event. The Patriarchy versus Daniel Garcia and FTR. I thought this was a really fun uh, six-man tag, and this this was the match where I was like, "All right, let's 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 get those titles off of the 
the comedy cardboard cutouts uh, 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 clown squad. And let's get them on this FTR Garcia. Yeah, it looks boils. like they might be doing Christian Cage against Danny Garcia in the interim yes. until they get to the Adam Coblin match. Yeah. Which uh, I would rather Danny G not be taking any losses right now. But I mean, that's it's Christian, so it's fine. You know, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be, he'll be up to his crafty, no good antics. And, I'm, and the match will probably be great. Um, two, sure. two, two CSP beloveds there uh, <laughs> going to war. Uh, good week, good week for TV for Dynamite. I thought, um, uh, and hopefully it gives them a little bit of momentum because I think there's like 600 tickets sold for next week's Collision. Um, so <sighs> that's that's a slight exaggeration, but only a slight one. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully it picks up. Anyway. Uh, that is the the wrestling for this week. Um, so uh, big, big, big dynamite next week. Uh, Stinger and Darby versus Big Bill and, and and Starks. Swerve versus Hangman and the CMLL BCC six man tag. So that's a pretty pretty hefty week there. And uh, uh, yeah, and Tony Storm as well. Uh, let's segue into our other guffs uh, for the week. Uh, what have you boys been watching at the cinema or at home? Um, I, I saw American Fiction. Go on. I believe Paul has also seen. I saw it in the cinema yesterday. The cinema. Yeah, we saw it on Monday. It was um, a preview screening for like they they do a members screening at the, the oh, yeah. house. And only thing is, it actually started on time. There were no ads or trailers. There were no trailers before our showing either. So we we turned up about seven minutes late and missed the first seven minutes of the movie. Oh, dum-dum. And no. just like, oh, squeeze past. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, just squeeze past. Every, every fucker in our row had a rucksack and a fucking big coat as well. Yeah, yeah. Bastards. Um, but yeah, we, we got in and we, you know, we got the gist of it. Um, so I had watched the trailer and this film was completely different from the trailer that I had seen. I thought based on the trailer, it was going to be a kind of high concept fish out of water comedy about a guy who is a quiet sort of intellectual uh, academic guy who writes a kind of faux gangster, like uh, in, in the hood kind of book to try and sell mm. books. Cause all of his, his previous ones are flops. I thought it was going to be a big kind of silly comedy, you know, that kind of comedy thing. It's not that at all. <laughs> it's, it's much more like a family drama with that story as a kind of through line in the film. Would you agree with that point? If you saw the, how much it's, of it it's you definitely saw a film. I I hadn't seen the trailer at all. Okay, so I went in. The only things I knew about the film going in were it's called American Fiction. It stars Jeffrey Wright, and the poster has him with some like squiggles around them. Yeah, that was it. That was all, and that was it. Was funny. It was supposed to be funny. Mm. That was it's all I knew. In the trailer, they only show the bits about this kind of phony the, the book, book and him posing as the author. They don't show any of the family stuff or the relationships or anything else. So yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised because that stuff is actually really good. And though I probably think I would have enjoyed the the movie I was expecting. Like I probably would have enjoyed a kind of silly comedy about a guy who gets in over his head. I actually really enjoyed like the family stuff and the the way the movie didn't it didn't follow kind of typical Hollywood cliches or kind of the turns. It it, it went in a different way, I think, to what I would have expected many times. Mm-hmm. And I actually yeah. appreciated that. I thought it was it was very interesting in that way. Yeah, I found it a very, very deeply cynical movie. I think it was probably one of the more cynical movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a film of two halves. You do have this 
kind of biting satire about the media industry. In the film itself, it's about books. So to give to give Barry an idea, right? Jeffrey Wright plays this black intellectual author who writes these yeah. these these uh, very intelligent books that don't sell very well. And while while at a book convention, nobody shows up for his talk because they're all at the talk of this other author, another black author, uh, writer who's written mm. this book called Wheeze Lives in Daghetto. Is that what it's actually That's called? literally the name of it. And oh, it sells God. like gangbusters. Point being is that it's primarily bought by white people. White people, of course, yeah. And so you, you can read into the film whether there's a, a meta level of of is it is it kind of more self self referential about Hollywood or is it about hmm. music or is it, it can re- really it, it could translate into a number of, of mediums yeah yeah and so then you know it gets to the point where the author uh, comes into a need of money and almost as a as a joke or as an act of kind of outward aggression against the the industry he writes this book in the style of this thing that he hates that's been uber successful um and i think that they were some of my favorite scenes um Mm -hmm. where you know it shows him writing the story and the story is being acted out in front of him and in front of us as the viewers and it is very funny because it's written to be intentionally over the top and stupid and really dumbed down and it's, it's it's very very funny stuff the the family drama element of it i thought was strong but also it felt in a way that would be more appropriate to like your typical Oscar nominated films. Also, I felt like some of those strands ultimately didn't really go anywhere in the end. Um, so he has his mother uh, is in the early stages of dementia. And so that's the reason why he, he has this need of extra funds and goes in this direction. But then she like, I don't want to spoil the movie, obviously, but there's not really... Mm. An ending to that, but then you can also read into the fact of okay, the film is making a statement about easily digestible media, and the film doesn't necessarily give you the simplest ending. So in that sense, it mm. you know it it makes sense. I did feel I I did like the movie a lot. I I went f- uh, eight out of ten on it on Letterboxd. I do feel like the the family drama element and the satire side never really melded together for me. It felt like there was a bit of a clash. Mm. We have this mm. one, as Joe said, very funny, like wacky comedy side. And then this very serious family mel- melodrama where he's like meet, meets a woman and he has problems with his, his relationship mm. with her and with his family. And those two films never felt like they really were weaved together in a, in a really satisfying way for me. But it, I found it very, very enjoyable. In the I thought Jeffrey Wright was excellent in it as well. Mm. Jeffrey Wright mm. and... Uh, Sterling K. Brown were both like top, top, top. They were very good. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually, I, it came across to me like it should have been more like a HBO show. Like if you'd had it, if it had been like a 10 episode series of this thing and you could kind of move back and forth from the family drama to this other plot and then maybe yeah. this other thing, you know, something that let it breathe a bit more. And sometimes the pace felt a little bit more kind of TV-like than the film right. like. And that's not a that's not a kind of criticism. Oh, it was TV, not a movie. I just felt it. That's what I got from it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it it could have tied the two together. But um, I, I enjoyed both parts enough to to give it a big thumbs up. 
yeah, yeah, I give it a big thumbs up as well. Recommended Barry if you get a chance to see it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's that's on it's the on the list. It's very good. Um, if only it wasn't for Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright might be one of my favorite, you know, performances of the year. I thought he was absolutely mm. great in it. So so mm. funny, so good. He is he is yeah. a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous actor. Absolutely, yeah. And and it was directed and written by one of the guys who was on the uh, the Watchmen writing team. Oh, the, okay. Not the, TV the film, show? not the not the film, the TV show. Yeah, no, the good one, the good one. <laughs> so I was happy to see his output was equally good so yeah two thumbs up for american fiction um keith david shows up in in a great little cameo as well oh hell yeah so good and he's great great everything to be fair Um, uh joe what else do you watch um also saw in the cinema two trips this week um the iron claw exciting 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 the new a24 wrestling movie about the Von Erich family, um, the titular the Iron Claw, of course, being the finisher of uh, Fritz Von Erich and, and used by all of his children. Um, so I'm going to assume anyone listening is probably vaguely familiar with the, the Von Erich family because <laughs> yeah. they're one of the most famous families in wrestling. It's got a nice um, happy, happy ending, right? It's a, it's a feel-good story in many ways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you may not know all the details of the family, but essentially – they were it was five five brothers who were all all became wrestlers in some capacity who were all the kids of fritz von eric who was a wrestler back in the 50 you know, kind of 40s 50s 60s who uh they don't really get into this in the film but i believe he did kind of a pseudo nazi gimmick sort of post-war like one of those kind of yeah fritz von eric is not his shoot government name <laughs> his name's jack adkison i think I don't know like that, actually yeah. German. but then he adopted the von the von eric name um so then it, it fast forwards to kind of the it starts in the early eighties, kind of the of the golden age of the territories, but you know, before Vince had started expanding, uh, when the WCCW, uh, owned by the Von Erich family, um, it's kind of in its heyday. And it's in its heyday really being led by Kevin Von Erich, who is played by Zach Efron. Kevin was the oldest brother, still still alive, yeah. and was the one that wrestled in bare feet, in case you can't tell the Von Erichs apart. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was on AEW very recently. Uh, he was on AEW very recently with the his, two, his two sons, who are now a tag team in MLW. Yeah. Um. So that's, that's Kevin. Then, of course, you have Kerry Von Erich, who went on to become the Texas Tornado in WWF, probably the most well-known of them. Yeah. Uh, and then there was David Von Erich and Mike Von Erich were the other two. So they, of course, in their heyday, the early 80s, it was the six-man tags against the fabulous Freebirds that were you know, selling out kind of baseball stadiums and things like this and really, mm. really, really big business. And they were incredibly popular. They were, they were like a boy band almost kind of worshipped in, in Texas and, and a, where the, where the territory ran, they were huge celebrities and kind of beloved sort of outside of just wrestling, typical wrestling fans. It was, they were a big deal. Um, so anyway, the, sh- the, the film kind of t- basically tells the story from when they will start first getting into the business um, through to the untimely deaths of <laughs> many of the brothers. I, was, I don't know. You, people probably know the story, but I won't go into complete spoilers just in case you, you don't want to know everything. But yeah, it's fair to say that it, the tragedies keep on coming. You know, this is it's the wrestling business and sort of early deaths used to be um, fairly common, but I think the Von Erichs more than any other wrestling family uh, took up their fair share. It's, it's fair yeah. to say. So that ended up being a bit of a problem with the film. 
um, to the point where the the, the scriptwriter director uh, Sean Durking uh, actually t- took out one of the brothers because he was like, I just can't have another tragedy in the film. There's just not enough running time in the film to right. kind of get through. We'll just constantly be going through kind of tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. So he kind of merged, you know, two of the brothers' uh, deaths. Um, and that becomes a bit of a problem because I think narratively it's kind of almost like, well, we've got to get to the next big terrible thing to happen. And you don't always get a lot of time to kind of let the tragedies breathe or to really get into like establishing why they happened. Like obviously mm. we know that the dad is a prick and he treated the kids badly and he pushed them all into wrestling and he had favorites and stuff. But you know, you see a little bit of the drink and the drugs at parties and things like that. And you see some of the pressure, but I felt having so many different characters in it and having so much tragedy, there was almost too much. <laughs> you almost again, right. like a TV series where it just needs that room to kind of breathe and, and really like, why did, why was, Kerry Von Erich so fucked up. Why did he need the drugs? Why did he go on a motorbike and lose his foot and get into an accident and do all this stuff? Like it's, it, it doesn't quite, it didn't quite get into that for me. Having said that, I did think the film was really well kind of crafted. The direction's really nice. Acting's all very good. Zac Efron does a very good job, despite having a bit of a dodgy tan and haircut, which looked a little bit comedic. Um, it's very seven, kind of late seventies vibe to it. The music, it's. They kind of sh- shoot in the first half all these kind of glorious sort of sunny days in Texas where the boys are sort of hanging out, playing football, yeah. drinking beers and stuff. And it's like, let's just have this for the whole movie. Wouldn't that be nice? It's like I just watched two hours of these guys kind of being brothers and hanging out. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I, I liked all the wrestling stuff as well. I thought that was really well done. And actually probably the best portrayal of wrestling action I've seen in a movie. I mean, I know there's not a lot of, comparisons in terms of other wrestling you've got the wrestler you've got fighting with my family yeah. and then you have to go to like no holds barred and, and a lot of it's terrible you know? <laughs> which were absolute crap yeah whereas they did it really well and apparently they rather than filming chunks of it they just filmed an entire match they 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 worked a match they filmed the whole thing and then they kind of cut around it to to have that um i thought they did it really well the wrestling stuff was was awesome and they it's all very accurate as well they don't get too into the kind of wrestling stuff but there's enough there for it to be you know to in for a wrestling fan who knows kind of the story yes it was all very accurate and they they kind of hit the important parts so i did i did really enjoy it overall but i felt as a film it it there could have been a bit more to it. I think the yeah. and I would also say Fritz gets away with murder because possibly literally, because uh, this is a man who, who won four consecutive wrestling observer, disgusting promotional tactics of the year Yeah, for exploiting like his kid's death to, to run big shows. They don't even really get into that. And to me, that is like one of the worst elements of it. Yeah. Part of the story. Yeah. 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 It, yeah it, I feel like when they announced this film, people's skepticism was tied into something you said, which is just like, it's so, there's so much tragedy that how do you even form a kind of coherent script Mm. with the natural peaks and valleys of a traditional kind of drama, you know, around it. It's because it's, uh, you you, you look at it, you go, it is rife for adaption, but it also is almost tough to adapt because there's just so much of it. Mm. Um, so I was, um, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Obviously, as soon as I can, general release. Yeah, I, I think definitely good, definitely, definitely one we don't want to watch. But um, yeah, um, slightly, especially as the first half of the movie. Again, they, it's all very kind of a little bit nostalgic, and mm. then the second half just becomes complete sort of 
tragedy fest but it was good i think if you'd probably if you'd if you'd portrayed fritz as he actually was he would have been a very cartoonish villain because <laughs> these wrestling uh, it looked like all the stuff we've seen about vince in the last few weeks if you actually put a villain doing that on screen it'd almost be too much you'd be like well come on this is silly you know they're yeah. cartoonish but no, they, they actually did all this stuff. I was telling Michelle, when we came out of the cinema, I was telling Michelle all the stuff that wasn't in it. And she was like, you're joking. Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? He's like, imagine like Vince McMahon, but not quite as bad. That's uh, for yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but good thumb, thumbs up for the Iron Claw. Do you, uh, you think... Do you think it was a any? Was it a, was it a snub? It got nothing at the Oscars. I mean, do you think that's unfair? Or? Uh, no, not really. There may have been one or okay. two things, maybe... But it was a very strong year, I thought. For, yeah, for, yeah. For, oh, yeah, same. In a week, a year, maybe, but not. Nah, it was it was good, but not not at that level. Yeah, excited uh, to see it. I like that director's mm. previous. I've seen Martha Marcy May Marlene. I thought it was excellent. I haven't seen mm. the Nest. I do need to see that as well. But uh, I do like Sean Durkin. Yeah. Yeah, next week, I think, is general release for us here in the UK and Ireland. So uh, yeah. me and Paul will surely have a follow-up on that. Yes. Speaking of follow-ups and speaking of Oscar movies, I did go and see L'Anatomie de Plume. Is that what it's called in French? <laughs> de Plume? They, they put the, the name it? of it in French on the screen, and I tried to remember it, and I already forgot it. It would be Anatomie d'une chute, I would imagine. D'une chute, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Anyway, I saw Anatomy of a Fall, everyone. Um, uh, if you're not aware, uh, yes, excellent. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, uh, very, very intense. Very, I thought so the performances are excellent in it, obviously, across the board. Uh, I thought what was really interesting about it was it's kind of, and this sounds like a negative, but it, the directing and like the it's very like cold and not flashy, but like in a good way, it's pretty much just kind of letting, especially the courtroom specifically scenes, the kind of sterility and the the coldness yeah it's kind of letting documentary all, style it is all, it is almost documentary like and it's pretty much just letting the drama of the courtroom drama do the the talking for you and the dialogue is such and the performances are such that it doesn't need anything extra you know where it does let that let that kind of uh, intrigue play out and yeah it was excellent i don't want to talk too much about it because I, I think if you haven't seen it yet uh, uh, well worth going in relatively, you know, relatively on, uh, you know, unspoiled on the various yeah. elements of it. Uh, very good, very, very good. I, th- I would think I would say it was so. I saw it in the, in, one, in the local kind of indie theater, and um, there were parts of it that were were kind of like darkly comic in a way. There was a couple of chuckles to be had in it, but like the crowd I was in, I feel like they were belly laughing every ten minutes, and I was like, all right, it's not that funny. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it was a very weird reaction to it. Because sometimes they there are weird moments that do almost feel like they are kind of sort of darkly comedic, but the crowd were fucking hooting and hollering like they were watching Rush Hour. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed that nonetheless. Tomorrow uh, we haven't got tickets yet, but uh, we're hoping to go and see all of us strangers. Yes, uh, which which looks very very good. So hopefully I can report back on that next week. Uh, the only other th- uh, uh, film ish thing I watched was I watched uh, South Park: The Streaming Wars, the first part. I wanted to watch the Prime one, and then I was like, ah, let's catch up on these, and 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 just since they're not that long, bad uh, is rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. Um, I'll watch the second one because again they are just like 40, 50 minutes, or whatever. It's just the classic kind of just. I I think my main thing on on South Park and Parker and Stone is that specifically for people who've been in in the biz for nearly thirty years, I feel like they have extremely boring, uninteresting media 
landscape takes uh, uh, in general. Like there's there's not much to and the, God, why this is a two parter, I don't know. But there's really not much to this fifty minutes beyond. There's a lot of streaming services. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of streaming services, and oh the, oh, the little old artist is stuck in the middle. Can you believe it? And it's and just it's like Karen gags. And in 2022, Karen I thought gags. that I thought that oh. felt old in 2022. How does it feel in 2024? Yeah, that? I was kind of like, is this? I, how have you not done like ten episodes about this ten years ago? Um, very flat, very, very, very flat. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, and 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 so yeah, I, I'll watch the second part of that, but but very low low hopes. Um, yeah, it's just in particular, I just feel like they like things that I just never really enjoy are when they're doing like commentary on what the current hot topic movie is, or like again, like I said, for people who've been in the industry for thirty years and are affected by this, and obviously the without getting into the particulars of it, the the, the boys at the center of the streaming wars plot are very much obviously them because they you know they have streaming deals with two separate entities because they do these these movies on Paramount but I think South Park itself in the US is on Max so on and so forth so it's kind of mirroring their own situation but like they've got there's like there's nothing there you re- you realize the uh, analogy t- 2 seconds into the thing and they don't they don't expand upon it anyway so I'll watch the second part um uh, and it's like I said I think I talked about this a few weeks ago when I was watching the the TV show the regular TV show South Park and I got I watched their actually I'm not sure if I did bring this up I watched their I- I- inception episode mm. um which I thought overall was funny and had had a couple of chuckles in it but again I just had to roll my eyes cuz they were they were those people when inception came out going oh you know inception um it's actually not good and clever it's just complicated and people are pretending it's clever I was like that is so wrong that is such a moronic <laughs> stance for people who are in the entertainment industry to have on a film like that was a moronic thing 10 years ago and it, let me tell you watching it in 2023 when i watched it it was even more moronic it's like oh oh inception that's just like a pretentious person's idea of a good movie no it's no it's just a good movie sir i think you find it's better than streaming wars part one <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so i think of, uh, just like uh, anytime they're weighing in on the popular movie trends or whatever i was like oh god you guys um anyway that was well, all i watched stre- streaming wars part two is even worse so enjoy. oh great okay next week um, to yeah i watched also another of the oscar movies nimona which is not okay. for best animated feature and it's a, it's an adaptation of a comic a young adult uh oriented comic which started as a web series and kind of blew up so it's very um, entrenched in LGBTQ plus themes, mm. um, almost to the extent that Elemental is. It's very unsubtle with what it's doing. Right. Uh, the, the lead character, Nimona, is like a shape-shifting mm. demon who you know uh, has to change their appearance to fit in with you know, society, do you get what they're doing? Um, this was this was notable. You might have heard about this. This was the film that Disney ultimately passed on, uh, par- in part allegedly due to the fact that it features a same-sex kiss scene, and it's ultimately been been bought and put out by Netflix. Okay. Um, it is, for all intents and purposes, a DreamWorks-style animated movie set in this um, futuristic-slash-medieval hybrid world. 
uh, stars Riz Ahmed, who's typically great as the lead character, yes, and a, a gay knight who's who's just mm. come to prominence as a knight who gets caught up in a conspiracy to overtake the monarchy. Uh, so, like Elemental, and like uh, Turning Red, and like so many of these films of recent years, I've uh, and to an extent also um, American Fiction. Although I thought American Fiction which also wore its themes on its sleeve very openly. I thought at least that did in a way where it was snarky and sarcastic enough that it was kind of the point of how obvious it was being with it. With these movies, I feel like a little bit of subtlety would go a long way. They're, they're just mm. too hitting you over the head time and time again with, with the themes. And while I feel like all these films have themes and ideas and content that are worth being put into film, I'll say the exact same th- thing I said about Elemental. I just wish the movie was a bit better. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's wrapped around it. So it being a DreamWorks style um, animated movie, Barry, you'll be very, very familiar with this, having just watched The Secret Life of Pets. Yes. Uh, it is constantly doing this unfunny motor mouth joke a minute, none of them yeah. landing, all like Really, I just found the movie relentlessly annoying <laughs> more than anything. I didn't like the art style. Um, that's not to say I didn't like, you know, it, it wasn't well animated because it was. This is not a sausage party, but it, it looks like, oh, do you remember God. those like um, mid 2000s direct to DVD Barbie films where everyone's yeah, super okay, yeah. It looks like that kind of movie with a much higher budget. So it's really well animated, really crisp, but the art style itself is like ugly and annoying. Um, so that's kind of what I felt about this. I, I, I just found the characters I, I didn't get on with. Um, and ultimately, I, I just wish, like, again, there, there's, there's a, a core of a good idea. And one of the problems as well is, is that, the, like I said, the, the webcomic itself is quite, not adult, but it's aimed at a teenage audience. So there's violence mm. in it, and there's a character. The Nimona character is like like murders people, and is like oh, okay to be like not quite, a little bit psychotic, like because they're like an antihero character mm. uh, played by Chloe Grace Moretz in the film, by the way, and and quite well. The performance is pretty good, but um, because here it's a kids movie, it's very dumbed down in that regard. Right. And so it feels like the characters and some of the setting uh, of the characters is aimed at an audience that's too old to enjoy the kind of film that it actually is. Right. Um, but also, you know, kids wouldn't enjoy it because it's at odds with what a kid's movie would typically be in, in terms of the character's motivations. So, like, as soon as the Riz Ahmed and Chloe Grace Moretz characters meet, he has like a uh, you know the Charlie Day wall with the red string of the conspiracy right. that he's been framed. He's been blamed for the death of the queen, right? Which he's innocent of. And she's like, "Is this your murder wall? I'm going to murder them!" Oh, and and of course, it's doing the 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 Pixar mouth thing that girls yeah. do on TikTok these days. It's that for the entire two hours. Oh, I'm talking like <laughs> um, and so like I say, it's just fucking. I I just don't like this kind of film. At the end of the day regardless of the uh, altruistic positive yeah, elements yeah. of it. I just don't like that kind of film. So I, I, I didn't get on with it, I'm afraid. But uh, I've only got six Oscar movies left to watch. All right. So we're, we're well ahead of schedule. Um, and among those are Maestro, which I'm not looking forward to, Nyad, which I'm not, not looking forward to, um, 
zone of interest, which I am, color purple, which I am. And I think my my big one I'm looking forward to that I might leave for last, past lives, which I know, Barry, you were oh, yeah. extremely high on. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the shite that you'd be dreading seems to be coming from Netflix. <laughs> True. <laughs> like yeah. their their prestige films. Uh segueing over to TV, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I'm still on the old uh, True Detective uh, train. Still enjoying. It. I think I think that show. Uh, we're four episodes in now, so there's two left. I think it's it's been a solid seven out of ten throughout. No no real you know peaks. No no real great episodes you'd watch and say, ah, oh, people got to go out and watch it. At the same time, it doesn't feel anywhere as bad as you know season two of True Detective with Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. I mean, I didn't like it all. Doesn't feel anywhere as bad as that, but it's you know it's it's solid but you know unremarkable. We'll see what the ultimately the the revelations turn out to be, but it's 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 good, you know. It's a good uh, good watchable show. Much better is the leftovers, which I'm also still watching. I've only got five episodes left of that in the entire season's run. Season three is doing some really interesting stuff. It's getting very uh, almost surreal. It almost feels a little bit like the. Um, the Twin Peaks Return series. Uh, so Twin Peaks season one and two are this somewhat cutesy, weird town, murder mystery. Oh. And then The Return, which is the 2017 one, is just David Lynch let loose to do whatever the fuck he wants. And it, it yeah. retains some of that, but it's also very strange and dark and fucked up in some ways. Season one and two of The Leftovers are Damon Lindelof of, of Lost and Watchmen fame doing an adaptation of a book. Uh, the, the, the idea of The Leftovers is one day, a third of the population disappear. No one knows why. That's your core mystery. And for two seasons, it's kind of tiptoeing around that idea. And then season three, like I, I said before, they just kind of tear up the scripts and go, okay, that's still our, our, our kind of framework to an extent, but we're just going to do something completely different with the characters that we already have. We're retaining the characters, but we're doing crazy stuff with them. And so there's an element of surrealism to it that I really enjoy and unpredictability that I really enjoy. So I'll be sad when it's over, but only five episodes left and then I'm done with the entire show. So it was, it was only three seasons. Hmm. So another good one, but that's it. I, I, I've been kind of taking a week off from TV and video games. I haven't touched the video game this week at all. Okay. Um, just to kind of, you know, watch a lot, watch a lot of football, watching some movies, but really just kind of taking a week to chill and take it easy. Nice. All right. What are you watching, Joe? A few things are going on, but we, this week, last two weeks, we've been rewatching Derry Girls. Probably the first time... I've rewatched it all the way through since it went out. Um, although it was only a couple of years ago they finished, wasn't it? It was not long ago, but mm. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's so funny. It's probably one of my favorite. Might be my favorite 2010 sitcom because there wasn't there aren't too many that I can list that I've, I've loved in the last ten years. But this, it's just so consistently funny. But also, you like you like the characters, and, and it's just so it's rare to find sitcoms like that that genuinely make you laugh all the way through, and that you you also have a bond with the characters. Uh, <sighs> I need, really I need to check that show out. I've never watched. You've it. never watched. Oh, oh, Paul, yeah. come on yeah. now, come on yeah, now. We, yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah, shite. Um, <laughs> my, favorite bit, my favorite bit is is the granddad who's always giving oh, out yes. to the dad, Tommy Tiernan. Um, giving him giving him shit all the time. I just, it's so funny. 
Because like there's something like you could have there'd be a similar thing in, if it was like an English sitcom, you'd have the grand you know the granddad kind of giving out to his son-in-law. But something yeah. about it in Ireland, I can just believe it more that he could get away with saying like all kinds of stuff to the son-in-law. It's, he can, it's he can so say great. anything yeah. back. Like, and whenever I, whenever I, I rewatch the show, it's like I actually love that their their very first interaction they have on the show in the first episode is one of my favorites. The grand is, why don't you just leave my Mary alone? He's like, because we've been <laughs> married seventeen years. I'll get some dirt in you, yeah, boy. I have people looking. He's great. He's great. Oh, he is great value. Yeah. I love, and it, and, it, and it has that heart to it as well at the core yeah. of it. Like it has its sentimentality, which always lands. You know, it's it's great. Yeah, I love the it. It combines both. It has that kind of when they're at home and it's the the family. It's all very naturalistic, almost like the royal family kind of reminds me mm. of, you know, very much sort of, you know, witty kind of insults going back and forth between the family. But then you also get all of the kind of the, the schemes and the plots from the kids. They go off to school and they have to steal an exam paper and all that. It, it gets a bit wacky. So they have the very kind of nice like naturalistic stuff and it also gets quite high end. I think it does both really well. So yeah, oh, it's, it's such a good show. Yeah. yeah, get on that, Paul. Add that, add that to the old list now. Um, I haven't been playing too too many games other than um, other than stuff I talked about last week. Playing more Tekken and, and various bits and pieces. Uh, Paul, you do you did you play Celeste when it came out? No, I've seen the Celeste sixty four and it does look yeah. fun, but I never played. Celeste. Well, I mean, before before you get sixty four, oh, that first oh, you got to play. You got to play the main Celeste. That's that's always on sale yeah. for like a fiver. It's the best platformer in donkey's years. It's excellent. But yeah, mm. celebrate. I think it's six, six, five, six years since that first game came out. The team released a free. So Celeste, if anyone didn't play it, is a, a super, super well-made 2D platformer with a very cutesy style and a really good, a genuinely good story, which is obviously very rare in a, in a platformer. Yeah. And uh, it was beloved and very successful. And so to celebrate its release, uh, uh, the sixth anniversary of its release, the team put out a basically a free 3d uh a sequel i guess it is technically a sequel now this thing you can complete this in about an hour so there's not much to it but it's very much in the style of an n64 era 3d platformer like it's got those visuals but you know at a higher resolution and it's great it feels really good it's it's uh it, it made me wish i was like i i would love if the next thing they make is is a fully fledged version of this because it felt really good so yeah they, they published that on itch.io so if anyone has you know, I, I don't think you would need a decent pc to run this it's very basic uh but you can just search celeste 64 uh, and you, you should find it there on itch.io very very good um but yeah other than that just just kind of playing the other games i've talked about already um there was a state of play this week from sony uh, i assume you watched it I did watch it. Um, I, as a man who doesn't own a PlayStation, I'm still keeping my finger on the pulse of the video game news. Well, I'm sure you you ran out and ordered one after watching this state of play. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I you know that I I'm one of the few people, or, or let's say not few people, but there's definitely a divide in the world, not only the gaming world, but the entire world, every human being. Some people love Death Stranding and some people just don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. And I I love Death Stranding. So I loved the Kojima section of this. I thought it was very funny, though. Um, I will say IGN. I was reading a, a funny IGN review, right? It was, or IGN article. So he's also developing this new 
uh, spy espionage uh, action stealth game, right? <laughs> How can I make you think I'm making a new Metal Gear Solid, but I don't have the license? Yeah, it's called Fizzint. Uh, <laughs> As a, as a working title. And IGN put an article out. I don't have it to hand, unfortunately, but it was something like, why I hope that Kojima's new game is the new Metal Gear. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> I've got good news for you, pal. Yeah. I've got it. <laughs> it, was, it was like a completely redundant article that was saying, you know, well, obviously was- what he's doing is Metal Gear in all but name, you know? We've, we've, like, there have been so many examples in the last couple of years of games getting announced too soon, right? And then they get delayed and, yeah. and people, and it becomes a running joke. Like, Skull and Bones is finally coming out this month, but that was a running joke because they. Metroid Prime they, 4. Metroid Prime 4, Duke Nukem Forever, obviously, super famous one. And I thought it was ridiculous, like, three or four years ago, um, when Microsoft announced Elder Scrolls 6 with yeah. a logo. They put a logo up and they were like, we're going to, we're going to make this. After Starfield. When's Starfield coming out? 2023. I thought that was mental. Kojima yeah. comes out here and he's like, we're releasing Death Stranding 2 in 2025. And then I'm going to make another video game, he said. And that was, to sum up, that was basically what he said. I'm going to make another one. Yeah. And so they announced his next game, which has a working title. And he announced extremely broadly what genre it's going to be in. I was like, what are we doing here in this motherfucking video game industry? What is going on? It's weird because I feel like Death Stranding enough would have satisfied people. A lot yeah. would have satisfied people enough not to have to go. And then he's he's making a game with like Columbia Pictures involvement. to like pull back to show they're in the Columbia Pictures lot because it's the thing Hideo, Hideo Kojima who's one of the I guess in a sense the David Lynch of the video game world right he's, yeah. he's surreal that's a fair comparison but he's like he clearly loves movies and doesn't really like video games but he's kind of locked into this oh that's what I do now I guess he so wants to be like a movie director transparently um so it's interesting to see what this leads to I mean We've seen his last, obviously, the first Death Stranding starred the likenesses, if not the voices, of Guillermo del Toro and um, uh, Vindigraf. Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, obviously. But, like, point being, a lot of, like, directors and people who wouldn't typically be the actors. This one also, like, George Miller is in this game, uh, director of Mad Max and <laughs> Fury Road and all of those. Uh, the, ga- the, the game he's working on for Xbox, he's working with Jordan Peele. I would put money on Jordan yeah. Peele being in that game. Of course, he's, he's going, going to be in, in the game. game. Um, yeah, so that's so. Yeah, I, I guess like yeah, it's just weird because uh, like the 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 overdose game he's doing with uh, Sophia Lillis and, and Jordan Peele, that's an Xbox thing. So yeah. apparently, he was like, oh, well, maybe he's announcing that. So because the the fake Metal Gear game is apparently going to be a PlayStation thing, but Death Stranding is already a PlayStation thing. I don't. Yeah. It's bizarre. And yeah, as you and I like. Yeah, they pulled out, and they and the end of the presentation, like, oh, they're in Columbia Pictures. I was like, so is he is he saying he's making a film, or he's just making a thing working with a he, film yeah, studio? He, he I, did, well, he did allude to that this game would be some some crossover of game and film, whatever that means. I mean, yeah. we've seen in Alan, Alan Wake and stuff like that that there's been more and more real film footage being used in video games. So I wonder if it'll be a further extension of that where it'll be and I know I know Metal Gear 5. I haven't played Metal Gear 5, but I know it's like you start playing the game and it opens with like a 45 minute cutscene. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be just very long. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know what would be interesting uh, speaking of, you actually reminded me there when you mentioned Alan Wake. Remedy of course also 
they tried, and no one else has tried to do this because I don't think it was very well received. They made Quantum Break, which they yeah. uh, that was a basically you'd play a couple of levels of the video game, and then they'd be like, "We made this kind of like Netflix tier television show." show. Yeah. So you play the you play the video game for an hour, and then you watch an episode of the TV show, and it had like Lance Reddick and Aiden Gillen and a bunch of other people in it. And I think I, I think it was just a it was a very mid tier video game and a very bang average television show that people you yeah, know i wonder if I it's could not see, be I a million miles away from that yeah i i could totally see kojima saying loving the idea of you play and I, and instead of oh my games have such long cutscenes, it's like you you are now going to watch a film and then you'll pick up the controller yeah. and you'll play at i could see that he's also they're also making a death stranding film that has of course been confirmed with a24 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what is that gonna be anyway that was uh that was that i mean yeah if i mean that's the thing if you if you're into your death stranding and your kojima stuff i think you'll have gotten something out of this yeah. uh and even as someone who's not i did i thought th- his fake joker was extremely funny um uh with, <laughs> with his electric guitar weapon i was like all right listen he's it's, it Kojima's was very right. Kojima. it was very yeah <laughs> i mean look if, if the game is fun or not fun i i appreciate that someone is doing this 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 stuff out there yeah. Oh yeah, he 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 gets points for do, making his own weird shit in an era when everyone's making very sterile, you know, third whatever. person action adventure open world games. Yeah, uh, although, but so if but if you don't like your Kojima stuff, ooh, bebe, was this a big old <laughs> was waste nothing of time? Here for you. Absolutely yeah. nothing on this. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't even really remember what they showed because it was all a bunch of boring nothing to me. Yeah, um, Japanese RPGs up the wazoo. Oh, they had the uh, uh, Judas in my mind um, from the, uh, the yeah. Ken Levine. I mean, how many more? How much longer are ex Bioshock people going to make games that look just like Bioshock? Yeah, I mean, um, this was this 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 and Kojima is making a new Metal Gear felt very yeah. of the same ilk. Um, and uh, as someone just who just looks like Bioshock. It does, it does, yeah. I mean, to be, I mean, we're maybe being, I think I'm maybe being a little bit harsh because it's one of those things where that that didn't look bad, but it also didn't look amazing. And I just wish there was something on this on this thing that blew me away. And I will say, that as, Bioshock wasn't necessarily strong because of the the gameplay elements. It was the world. So if this doesn't yes. have a similarly strong world, it's gonna be maybe not as good. Yeah. Um. And I and I'll also say, as someone who just a few months ago came on this podcast weekly and talked about how I, I had played Silent Hill 2 for the first time and I thought it was an, a, a, an excellent, profound, still to this day, go and do it right now boot it up, play that game it is a, a wonderful, chilling eerie, profound video game story that puts a lot of 2023 and 2024 contemporaries to shame and then they put out this trailer for the remake and it's edited together like a fucking John Wick movie with James Sunderland brap 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 in his way over the shoulder <laughs> third person shooting his way through I was like oh man does this look like shit it looks it looks like a cheap Resident Evil game it does it does nice they, it, it, it looks like those and those modern Resident Evils which that's I think I that's mean. a franchise that, that, that attaches itself better to action you know what I mean because Resident Evil has always been a bit camp and a bit silly and all this other yeah. stuff uh, having like being so fresh and having just played through that game and finally getting it and getting why people revere it so much and then you watch this and you're like oh my 
God, this is just not what I think anyone wants from it. And they put in the and speaking of, I mean, you said it, that looked like a, a cheap Resident Evil game. They showed a second Silent Hill game that looked like any old first person horror piece of shite on Steam. I mean, that could have been, it, it, any it's been game. getting bad reviews as well. It's been getting bad reviews. It looks like just the most basic YouTubers play it and get jump scared and go, oh my God, I'm in this shitty, badly lit, you know, school or whatever. And yeah, yeah. a big monster came out. Oh, and yeah, getting terrible reviews. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, to say a lot about Kojima, but it seems like cutting ties with Konami was uh, <laughs> for the best because they are, they can't buy a win lately. Um, yeah, state of play was a, a, a thumbs down um, for me. Uh, we'll segue over here to music before we wrap it up for the week. Yeah, <clears throat> one more one more album this week. Benny the Butcher is back. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to much Benny the Butcher at all. Who is he? Butcher is he? Benny the Butcher is a New York rapper um, who's put out some really good records these last few years. And this one is no different. Uh, it's called Everybody Can't Go. This is a follow-up to his Tana Talks 3 and Tana Talks 4, which were, which were very well received as well. Uh, some pretty notable features on here. Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um it's like, uh to, to give old the school rap not fucking new shit it's it, like, well this is the thing joe is, is how do we define old school rap and new school rap, rap well, well, for then... me for me old school rap has melody to the music and a certain mm. aggression to the rap and vocals and, and lyrics that are like interesting to listen to yes not just it's, like yeah, new, new like, rap is, oh, oh, oh. but also it's like mumbly and I, want, I went in the clue yeah. and then uh, I was, or, or, and then it's, it's just up. over someone like hitting a, a, a can off someone's knee. That's the music to it. I I studied uh, knee can uh, instrument in, in in college. You know, um, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Well. I know that's that's an extremely bad take on what new rap because I've listened to a lot of quite good new rap uh, albums over the last couple of years. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. This what I would say is as a elevator pitch, musically this sounds like kind of early Kanye before he went shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a New York rapper, so there's a lot of New York influence. But at the same time, like Snoop Dogg features on it, so even musically you can hear some of the influence of the West Coast as well. Uh, lyrically, it's maybe closer to West Coast than East Coast. There's definitely some kind of gangster rap influences on the vocals as well. Talk about drug dealing and mafioso themes and stuff like that. Mm. But it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's more the, the kind of rap that I get along with. It, it, it is more more melody driven. It's more hook driven. The the vocals have that kind of aggressive swagger to them. They're not kind of um, I don't know how you would describe, but you know, again, modern rap is maybe doesn't quite have that aggressive sound to it that 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 you know your 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 classic or or ga- even gangster rap had. But yeah, I I really like Benny the Butcher. He's one of my favorite kind of modern uh, rappers. He is thirty nine, so he's not quite of the new generation. He's kind of a, a late bloomer, I guess. So he's maybe more akin anyway to the previous generation. The only thing I would say is production wise, it feels a little restrained. Some of, some of the music could feel a bit. A bit bigger, uh, to the point that some of them almost feel like demo versions. But ultimately, it, it, it's all good. Favorite track? I'll throw a, a, a tr- I, I normally like to throw out a track here for people who want, maybe want to test it. I will say "Pillow Talk" and "Slander" 
featuring Jadakiss and Babyface Ray will be my my recommendation here. Um, the Snoop Dogg song is quite catchy as well, but but mm-hmm. features like the longest outro I've ever heard to a rap song. So it's only three minutes twenty, but the song kind of ends at around one minute thirty, and then it's a minute and a half of them going, "Yeah, <laughs> uh huh, we doing it like this." Oh no, they left that. It's in. like embarrassing. <laughs> still going here, but it is a very good record. I, I very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, there you go. That's, that's it. That's the music for the week, and that is our various oh. guffs, and that is the show. Uh, we will be back next week um, with uh, more of the same. We'll have your, your your fantasy league updates, more quizzes, more wrestling news, more guffs, more Oscar talk. You know, as as the weeks tick along here, uh, more stuff being released as well. You know, I think I think we're gonna I think most of the films will actually be out and viewable before the Oscars this year, which is a change for us in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, looking forward to hearing more from the boys on that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Chair shot podcast is where you go if you want to pop us a mail with your Oscar picks, with a quiz, with a question, with some wrestling feedback or whatever is on your mind. Do pop us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, until uh, next week, folks, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Paul. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.